To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. Again, this is our Doctor Who episode, right? Or this is an episode where I've been lobbying for so long to do, right. and you're like, eh, I don't know. I no, mean, no, no, I was no, all for you it. were you were like kind of like, eh, no, no, I don't recall that whatsoever. Right, continue. So then, so then, um, because <laughs> going back, I would say what five years. I just started to uh, take over as as a, as a, um, a home dad to Clark over here. Say hi, Clark. <laughs> Very enthusiastic. He's playing Battlefront. He's playing Battlefront. He doesn't. He doesn't yeah, yeah. Um, we don't matter. And uh, and I'm like, you know what? There's only I've already gone through two uh, uh, all seasons of Psych <laughs> twice over. I'm like, yeah, yes, I, I, I yes, need something. The, the four, <laughs> uh, let's introduce our guests, and then we'll get sure, into how sure, we sure. How, how we all gather in here. Um, so uh, we have some guests in the uh, in here at Pancake Studio, um, uh, run by our. Uh, Host with our producer, that's me, Jonathan Vergara, <laughs> uh, here at Pancake Studios in the heart of Brooklyn. Um, our first guest I want to bring up is uh, Dan Gottlieb. Hi, <laughs> welcome to Pancake Studios, welcome. Dan. Thank you, thank um, you. And uh, I just quickly, just I'll go around and then we'll I'll just you know just talk and uh, get to give us a sense of uh, uh, who you are, what you do. Uh, Wanda Marrero Padilla. Hello. And someone I've been really trying to get on uh, to show for a long time, uh, uh, one of my best friends, Marisol Boy, and she is FaceTiming in all the way from Orlando. Welcome, Marisol. Uh, welcome, everyone. Welcome, everybody. Hey. To, to be continued, a fanboy podcast. Uh, now, Dan, we've never met. This is our first time meeting. Um, yes, sir. But uh, you are mutual friends with my son's godmother. You went to school with Rosie. Mm-hmm. Hi, Rosie, who mm-hmm. happens to be a sponsor of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Yay, tell, us a little, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, well, um, I have a, a large background in uh, sci-fi and comic books for many years. Uh, my family actually were on a, a show similar to this called The Star Trek Review years ago with Alan Asherman. Um, and I actually, uh, after high school, went straight to DC Comics, where I worked in editorial for a time, started as an intern, and then I started doing background inks. I was terrible. So I moved on to other things. <laughs> uh, and then basically did a little freelance art for a time, and then found myself kind of meandering a bit, and then I moved on to uh, costuming, and uh, I saw that the cosplay uh, genre had gotten quite large. Um, but I wanted to take it to a level where we can kind of 
go film accurate, TV accurate, and use it for a good cause. So I spend my time uh, going to children's hospitals. Uh, I work also for the NYPD as well, uh, working with the fallen officers' families as either Iron Man, Captain America. I don't usually show up as Negan, but I can do that too. <laughs> um, and, that might uh, get awkward. <laughs> yeah, let's just bash what everybody's brains here. Uh, and uh, I'm, I, uh, I also will be doing another character coming this year, uh, mostly because I am also a judge for a lot of these costumes. I've run a series of building uh, sites on Facebook. Uh, where we help people get costuming because there which is which I am a member, which I am a member. I appreciate of. that. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of elitism where people feel that they can, you know, build a costume and not really help people. But the idea is to have fun with it and have everybody enjoy it and make it something that everybody can get better. If, if I if I may just to, to continue I wasn't with done the with my to, intro. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, no, I was not, just going to say is that I'm a long-standing Doctor Who fan mm-hmm. all the way back from uh, when I was 11 years old. I started with Tom Baker, but Peter Davison became my Doctor, the Fifth Doctor, and uh-huh. I've been watching the current series up till recently, uh, which has been quite a change. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about the explosion of cosplay that's that's happened in the like the past say about 10 15 years thing is about that is people are trying to explore their creativity and with the influx of the marvel and dc universes on film tv and so on people can now enjoy their greatest characters and represent them in the way they see fit i mean you know a lot of people have a, their own ideas about what cosplay is supposed to be. I tend to go more for film accuracy and, and TV accuracy while other people go for their own interpretations, which is wonderful. People should be going after it and, and enjoying it their way. Um, I got inspired by it because I've always liked to think I'm a creative person and I wanted to learn techniques about costume building and being creative that I could work on my own concepts and also help others if I could. So that was the whole point. Thank and you, I, and I have you. to say, your um, your recent uh, you had a Infinity War Tony Stark <laughs> cosplay that I was just in awe of, uh, especially with the, uh, the 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 arc reactor. <laughs> well, I can't take credit for that. Um, actually, there's a wonderful gentleman named Dan Lexi who actually built his own. He he's been featured on the Insider a few times, and Dan oh. built his own Mark uh, forty five. He built his own Mark fifty, um, and he just shows up with the stuff, and he he's just amazing. And, Iron, uh, Iron Man costumes have to probably be like the toughest. They are, um, and I'll tell you a little bit about that in a second. But <laughs> his chest piece, when I said to him, I need to build one, he says, "Well, I'm already working on one. I'll just send you one." I was like. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my current costume of Iron Man is a Mark 46, and um, I've worn it twice, and I've had to repair it maybe seven times now. Wow. I can imagine. So, yeah, yeah. And, and when he sent it to you, did it like shoot from the sky? And then it's like sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would have ended up in pieces. That's the, that's the dream always that'll happen. If people want to see uh, your work and uh, contribute to anything, because you, you're this charitable worker, um, is there any uh, online presence you have that you want to get out there? Well, I, I do have an uh, Instagram page, but I've never really done it for personal publicity. Um, I feel that that's more ego driven. Okay. Um, a lot of the stuff I do is either through um, at my players group which is on Instagram uh, you'll see a lot of the stuff I create for kids because um, the costumes I never did for me never did it was it was all about you know seeing these kids that are stuck in a hospital stuck in a place going through horrible circumstances and we can bring one day of joy then that's the reason why I do it that's great that's thank awesome. you very that's much awesome. and thank you very much for uh, gracing uh, our couch I <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, can't even get my sonic screwdriver there you go <laughs> uh, now I just want to bring up um, Wanda, uh, Marisol and I are old friends you are you, uh, of, of your family. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> your, your sisters 
And uh, Marisol and I, we, uh, we used to be in a band together back in the day. Mm-hmm. But we've, we, we've been old friends for like going back decades. Your husband, Jonathan, Jonathan Padilla, uh, who um, runs another... JP, JP Fitness. Who is another nice sponsor of the show. A sponsor of the show. <laughs> Very nice. incestuous um, here right now. But if you just want to, you know, just give a little bit of, a little bit of bio of what, what you're Gosh, up to. And my, what my resume is not nearly as <laughs> extensive. I know, right? <laughs> well, I started with uh, 9, 10, 11. I love 9, 10, 11. They are my favorite, uh, Doctor Who's. So I started with Eccleston. And um, ever since I saw that first episode, I was hooked. Um, then I, I think I told Marisol about Doctor Who, and she was already into it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Then she went beyond and started watching from the very first <laughs> Doctor Who. So I am not a big fan as she is. Were you were you aware of Doctor Who uh, as a thing, as a cultural thing before the, the before the the reboot? No, I was not. The reboot is what got me hooked. Okay. I did not even know about Doctor Who, um, but that's when I got so hooked and I started going into all things England. And, and I can attest <laughs> that. Um, for those of you who uh, who don't know, um, this past Halloween, my wife, my son, and I we were all doc- we were all sure. doctors, yes. Yes. and I actually built a TARDIS. Yes, it was so and, cool. Uh, and I know yes. Wanda, Wanda, we don't live far from each other, but we went to the same Halloween event, <laughs> and you freaked out when you saw the TARDIS. I, and I was so freaked. Your daughter, I was so your daughter, who was dressed as Kim Possible. She freaked out and she brought, she had a little, little like, she has, she has a TARDIS cell phone cover. Right. Now, her cell phone does not fit inside that cell phone cover. Ironic. Ironic. (laughs) (laughs) She used sticky tack to make sure that it stays in there because she loves that cover so much. She wants to make sure she has it. I love it. And my That's little so one, my um, my six year old, every time Doctor Who's theme song comes on, he's like Doctor Who from the other room. He will hear it, and he starts yelling Doctor Who. I think it's a, an, a, a a true testament that Doctor Who speaks as a franchise, uh, as a show. It speaks to women, particularly. I mean, uh, and of course, uh, I'm going to introduce you, uh, Marisol one of my oldest and best friends in the whole world. Um, why don't you give us a little rundown of what you're up to uh, <laughs> down in Orlando? And you went, you, you um, a former uh, daughter of Brooklyn, <laughs> you now reside in Orlando, Florida. Traitor. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you up to, girl? What am I up to? Well, you know, I'm always up to something. Um, what do you want to know? Um, ask, ask a question. Now, you're a performer. I am a performer. I, uh, I currently am full-time at my church, which is, <laughs> but it's like, oddly enough, I'm performing, even if I'm at church. And uh, I also am still a performer at Disney. I am an actor and singer at Disney. I play a Polynesian. A character in... A, a character within the Moana, um, the Moana lore, correct? And which no. characters? No, which she character? has nothing to do with Moana. Oh no, not Moana. The um, uh, Lilo, and Lilo and Stitch. She has nothing to do with Lilo and Stitch. Wow! Can you help uh, us out, please? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the show is called. Uh oh! What's it again? Um, it's it an actual secret. luau, and there's like a little 
sketch, not sketch, but there's a story within the luau that we present to, um, you know, Disney people everywhere. And uh, this was before Lilo and Stitch. Like, this show has been, like, for about 30 years or something like that. And uh, it's changed a little over the, over the time, but it's still alive and well at Disney. Disney, don't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it helps it's that... It's my livelihood. So. And, Monty, it helps that you're uh, ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> because I could have sworn I saw... Uh, someone who looked just like you watching Aquaman uh, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> You're a doppelganger. A doppelganger. How did you get? How did you get into Doctor Who? Um, uh, my one of my best friends, Jamie. She was a big Doctor Who fan from back in the day. Tom Baker was also the Doctor that she had started watching, and so she was a fan. And she would always talk about Doctor Who when we were on the phone, and I had no idea what she was talking about because. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't have the cable. I didn't have BBC or nothing like that. <laughs> she's like, yeah, new Doctor Who episodes are out. And I was like, I have no clue what she's talking about. And then one day, um, I guess she had told our other friend, Tiffany, who was staying with me at the time, that she could watch Doctor Who on Netflix or on Hulu or something. Something. <laughs> and so I happened to walk by Tiffany while she was watching um, the episode, the are you my mommy episode? <laughs> and uh, that's what I call it. I don't know. I don't I don't know titles. I just know like excerpts of what I want to know. Anyway, <laughs> and I was like, what is this? And Tiffany goes, this is Doctor Who. And I was and so I just sat and I watched like the ending of the episode. I was like, this is not what I thought it would be. And so from that point, then I started watching 9, 10 and 11. And then after I watched all of those, I went back and started watching um from uh from the first doctor the original and i went on a rampage like people are like you watch all the episodes yeah i didn't just watch netflix i went on daily motion and i went and found every episode <laughs> except there's like one that i didn't find so i found the transcript and i read the episode wow yeah. devoted yeah. did 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 your did your own did your own sound effects and uh... she heard it in her to, head I had to imagine all the sound effects in my mind I'd be like, okay, so this is what the, <laughs> this is what the first doctor would probably say it like, and this is. Like <laughs> um. So I'm I'm gonna just give you a quick uh, history of how I got into it, and I would have to say, um, uh, five going back five years. Um, I uh, my family and I we decided that um, my my son here, and I, I've already said this before. Uh, my son has does ha have some special needs, and there were very specific. Uh, it was a very uh, important decision that one of us had to stay home, and I made that decision. My wife has a very grueling work schedule, um, and when you're home, and aside from just doing the laundry, doing the dishes, and just you know what, I can't watch another. C I, I can't do uh, psych again. Like third time well, around. I think here's here's where and, you're, you're uh, burying the connection. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's what happened. I got you into Psych, and you went through them. It's like their last season, and he went through them in like a summer. <laughs> All of it, binge through it. He was. I was like, you got to watch this. It's a great show. It's really funny. Blah blah blah. A lot of pop culture references. Mm -hmm. So you went crazy. You're like, I love these guys. And we're like, what? And that's it. It's over. 
<laughs> this, the, the show's over. I don't my, have anything my, else. My, my soul was empty. Your soul yes, was right. empty. And you needed you needed Gus and 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 and, and, and Sean in your life. Wait, uh, wait. Was it like? Did it end like Heroes? Where you're like, what? You didn't finish. No, no, no. I know mean, no, no, it, it has an ending. It has an ending, right? Yes. Oh, don't okay. spoil it. I haven't seen it. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's really good. So, so, uh, but I had been talking to him for a few years about the uh, reboot, which had started with Eccleston. And uh, I did not come to it as before you before you say what the selling point was because I I want to I want to say how you sold it to me. Okay, yeah, I, right, I'm right, just saying. Okay, right. so um, I had been uh, uh, aware of it as a kid, Channel 13 PBS. But uh, as we were talking, sort of in the pre-show, it was this sort of deal where it didn't quite have the appeal of other franchises for me. But I was aware of it. I knew Tom Baker, especially. It was probably the one I was most familiar with. Had watched a few episodes, but didn't really resonate. But when the reboot happened, I said, I'll give this a chance. I'll see what it is. And I, I just enjoyed how well it was done. How it was the production values. You know, it's not a million-dollar movie, but it was good enough for what it was. It sort of raised the bar on, like, okay, here's, here's, a, here's how we can do a reboot. At, but still keep things in continuity. It had all of these aspects that I, were, were appealing to me. And so I got into it. I guess Tenet was already in. Was already in and and, I, and that's when I, I gave you my spiel. I said, here's, you got to watch this. And, and, and what the was, spiel was like, so just think of it this way. It's MacGyver in space. <laughs> that was a selling point. Okay. Nice. I'm like, this nice. Is a, because he's a character who, who would, who would uh, he would solve his problems Nonviolently, he would solve his problems without even firing a single shot. Um, uh, and I'm like, okay, so I'll, I'll give it a and try. And you just trade in the Swiss Army knife for, for the, the sonic, screwdriver. sonic screwdriver, which is pretty much a space Swiss Army knife because it does everything, <laughs> except with wood. Except, except wood. things on wood. Um, so I, I again, I picked it up when um, uh, net, net, Netflix. Uh, had it available uh, with Eccleston, and by then I think um, the Eccleston era was already gone, and and then moving on to the Don't Blink episode, which is I believe the very first of the Tenet episode. Right, that was actually, and it took me a long time to get into Doctor Who. And granted, that growing up uh, in Jersey, staying up late <laughs> night, and and you see the the the, the Tom Baker Doctor Who. On PBS, and I'm like, I I don't really know what this is. Um, this is not something that I uh, can really get into. It, the accessibility it was just is just not available to me. Um, and then so I went through the the Chris Eccleston era, and I really got into it. Um, the Bad Wolf. Uh, the, the Bad Wolf storyline still continued on and, and I still and, don't understand it but that's fine <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the Tenet era hits and I'm like oh god this is something very special uh, and then Tenet is about to regenerate you're like oh what's going on here Matt Smith comes on and that kind of, I feel like Matt Smith kind of change, changes things for me as a fan of the show um and then leading up to Capaldi after that, and then the day of the doctor, and then what? What's this? John Hurt, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then now, now, uh, now being uh, Jodie Whittaker. To me, I feel like it's been something that's been very special, especially being 
um, um, coming in as a, as a new father at the time. Um, Clark, my son, is nine years old. He gets to enjoy the, the wake of my fanboyism, this particular show. Um, we get into these conversations, you and me, Miguel, about do, the material. Do we now? <laughs> because um, prior to Doctor Who coming into our, our in, fanboy, into passions, our fanboy yeah. passions, we talk about Quantum Leap. <laughs> we talk about I love um, Quantum Leap. Uh, Ed? <laughs> Ed? Are is, you going to force me to sing the theme song that my up. mother wrote? I'm not twisting your arm. I'm not forcing anything. For Quantum Leap. But, uh, <laughs> Depends on how much time we have. It's, uh, oh, oh, trust me on this much. It's, uh, it's, it's quick. It's, uh, my mother had this thing where if we like shows, she would come up with her own lyrics. I love so it. So for Quantum Leap, it was, uh, it's genius. It's her magnum opus. Sometimes a boy, sometimes a girl. Sometimes a chimpanzee <laughs> leaping from place to place, always a happy face. Na 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 na, it's quantum leap. Anyway, you forced me by mentioning quantum <laughs> leap to do that. I, 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 did, so none, I did nothing of a sort. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we were the sort of shows, sci, the, the sci fi shows with time travel involved. And uh, continue, sir. Well, you know, and um, this particular show, I didn't necessarily. Again, this is just 50, 50 years worth of material right. that I I felt like, you know what? I'm not just going to sit here and uh, let's go through the first doctor. Let's go through uh, um, and, and talk about the second doctor. Or and it, I, It's a lot of, it's yeah, a lot of material to cover. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into that. What I do want to... Although that would be fun too. <laughs> if you have like... If we have, a if we have 15 like a, parts. Because yeah, 15 parts. Be... <laughs> which we're not going to do. Although you could pick out... But the one nice thing about Doctor Who is you could pick out any particular episode in any particular Doctor's reign that defines that Doctor and you have a clear idea and goes forward. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you something, I was never really a huge fan of the earlier stuff because the pacing was a bit rough. Mm-hmm. But there is always one episode that stands out, like um, Patrick Trout and the Mind Robber, if you ever saw that episode. He falls into mm-hmm. a storybook, you know, and uh, he deals with all the characters, uh, Gulliver's Travels. He, it was an amazing yeah. story. Mm-hmm. And it was great. I love watching the, the documentaries about those episodes because, you know, you learn about their budget restraint, how mm, the first yeah. episode they had mm-hmm. no money, mm-hmm. no sets. <laughs> so they had to wing it with white room and they made it work, you know, and that was one of the reasons why these episodes gave you that sense of wonder because they would try to think outside of the box and make something completely unique for that doctor and for that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, Just uh, for the audience's sake, um, if you've been living under a rock, Doctor Who is an international um, uh, behemoth at this point, Comp- uh, which started out 1963 with the BBC, um, a show that was originally conceived and marketed toward children uh, uh, as an educational tool for children, which... Get them to read more books. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's, yeah. Using historical characters. Um, and here you have a an alien with two hearts who travels, a, a rogue alien who steals a time machine, which is able, which called the TARDIS, who's able to travel through time and space. The TARDIS, which stands for T-A-R-D-I-S, Time and Relative Dimension in Space, space. uh, which is caught in this chameleon mode. um, And and Ed, 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 anyone who is listening 
knows the show. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and it's so that you also have an online fact checker as well while you're talking. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's you right. Know, you know, they, 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 they realize when you don't have to go, g- 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 give the Wikipedia page on but that But you know, it's a funny thing, though. Like, when I, like at the Halloween party, you know, so I, I, here I am. I'm, I'm hauling around this, this, this blue box. And this cop goes, oh, wow, this is great. This is great. So, uh, oh, yeah, police box and everything. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the TARDIS. I'm like, it is. It, it is, is a TARDIS. A TARDIS. Okay. <laughs> All right. Although funny, funny enough, though, it. if you're in London or any of the areas that actually have them, they look nothing like that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I, given the, the longevity of the show, that's one of those things where, you know, mm-hmm. they had to, on the show, lampshade that. Well, they, they, they weren't allowed to actually copy it, so they did as close as they could. Right. But, I mean, like, um, there was there, I think there was a Matt Smith episode where they talk about that, where yeah. they're like, isn't it kind of absurd that you, it's this? You and talk about that almost every day. I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah I mean, yeah, he yeah. specifically w- w- was said something like, yeah, it's a police box. It was, you know, who cares? It shows up somewhere. It's sure it looks out of place. Who cares? And basically said to the audience, we know. <laughs> well, We're just going like, on. Um, just go with it. He's supposed to open the doors out. He opens them in, you know, uh, <laughs> things like that. It but only he, changed, it only, it changed at one time, six, during the sixth doctor. Yes, where he became an organ. Yeah. <laughs> Attack of the Cybermen. And now, like, I would have to say six years into um, into just being a fan of it, I, I'm i at this point where I'm like, you know, I want to really get into the mythology of it, if there is any at all, because it seems as if uh, something that the, the, the guys at the BBC, what they had, cre- what they had created, they just... Um, like for example, um, the the regeneration that was just something out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Right, Hartnell was very sick. Right, he was very yeah. sick, and uh, so a lot of the things were I felt were just add-ons and just oh we, we're just going to create things and and the writers just brought other things on out of necessity. But yet, so then my question is: Is there a mythology? Is can I read more into this? Because I look at Matt Smith, the first Myth episode. Um, not including the uh, when we first see him in the fish regeneration, the the fish sticks and custard, and he, for when he first meets a little Amy Pond, I go, this is Peter Pan, this is straight up Peter Pan. Uh, this is a a man who, kind of like a man child who's able to talk to children in a specific way, that's not authoritative, uh, that's not very. Uh, I mean, yeah, you get sometimes you'll you'll get those scenes where Kapali, he's talking to a kid. And yes, Kapali plays that gruff, what are you looking at? So what? I'm, I'm My stopping. attack eyebrows, yes. My, yeah, course. my attack eyebrows. <laughs> and the kid goes, well, I'm afraid. Well, they are afraid. That's your superpower, you know. Um, you're, you're, uh, if, if there are monsters that are afraid, of, uh, afraid, they're afraid of you. He empowers children. Mm-hmm. And that's very telling. And very, um, uh, very magnanimous. Mag- yeah, it's, it's a, as that is very superhero. Well, well, let's let us go around and yeah, talk so we're, to we're, the we'll people about um, what the appeal is of the character. I'd like to start with Wanda since she's been so quiet. <laughs> so, so Wanda, the so so yeah, you're you, the, the the character to you. What is the what is the appeal of the show, um, and the, the appeal of your favorite? version of the franchise oh, i guess that would be number 10 david Tennant. he is um 
Gosh, uh, I loved his Dan, energy. Dan, Dan, loved- Dan, Dan's, Dan will definitely have a counterpoint for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing against it. I loved Dan's energy, but I, I loved, I loved Matt Smith as well because well, he, he's his, a ladies' doctor. He is. <laughs> he's a ladies' doctor. <laughs> he was zany. I loved his zany character. I loved the energy he brought to it, um, and I thought the transition. I thought after. Um, David, that it would not, I would not continue. But when I saw the first episode with Matt, I was in love and I just continued on from there. Um, so, uh, the whole concept of changing from, uh, the, the regeneration, you know, it's like, and being able to change who you are and it's like, but still keep the core. I guess that's what, you know, attracted me also to Doctor Who, to be able to... They're kind of, kind of like, the original rebooters. Yeah. Because they were able to, here's our franchise. It's still the franchise, but here's something, a completely different kind of take on it. Yes, exactly. So to continue with that and, and, and be able to, um, but still keep the core... Mm-hmm. And still be able to be that. And I guess that's also in life. You know, you have to change in life and you have to continue on um, growing and um, adapting and continue on. And I guess that's where Doctor Who is also, you know, that same Well, way. fantasy, I always think, should have some message for reality, mm-hmm. for you know, something applicable, something that resonates or, uh, you know, illuminates something in life. And, you know, I definitely could see how that could be with Doctor, uh, with Doctor Who. Dan, uh your 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 uh, your fave uh, era of the Doctor, and you know what's the appeal to you of the if if it can be summed up in that favorite version or not? Well, I mean, um, you know, I did like the Fifth Doctor very much. Uh, not initially because um, he was overburdened with companions, and I think <laughs> yeah, they, was... when they feel <laughs> he that, needed all those rooms. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> What, what I've noticed is that whenever that the BBC felt that they didn't have the confidence in a big change, they would always throw a lot more companions. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you look at Tom Baker, you have this massive presence, the guy who, when you were saying what right. defined the character, people have to say, while John Pertwee was very influential and very well spoken and, and started to make it something, he was still saying that he was thousands upon thousands of years old, and then we find he's only 750. You know, um, um, but, you know, Tom Baker defined it and Peter Davidson had to run with it and make it something accessible for everyone, which he did. And that's a really hard job. That's an accession, especially since they did eliminate people. Thank goodness they got rid of Adric. Uh, you know, they're trying to make it sad. People are like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> blew up. He, he, he knew it was going to blow I up cried. too. He pulled his hands away, I, you know, <laughs> uh, I that episode made me cry. That episode made me cry. It made me cheer. <laughs> it's like, blow the mathematician up. Um, Poor Edge. And then, funny enough, he comes back next episode as a ghost, you know, which I thought was great. Um, yeah. So you couldn't even care. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, well, he's back already. Damn it. Uh, but, you know, Peter Davidson had a big task ahead of him, and he, he took it and he defined that character and made it that he was everyone's big brother. Or sister now, you know, and he he can be anything that you need him to be. Is know? that is that the, the appeal of the character that variety or or? Well, it's just the idea that that when you think about Doctor Who, you think about someone who inspires you to be better, mm-hmm. overcome adversity. You know, this is a a person that does things because they know it's the right thing to do. 
or at least tries to do the right thing. Let me ask And you were disagreeing with me that there were comparisons to Superman. Well, you're talking about something completely different. <laughs> that has nothing to Which, do by it. the way, that's going to well, be a question. Well, you know, let me, let, let well, me just actually, make... I wanted to hear what Ed had to say before. Well, well first off, uh, he, uh, Miguel here, he's written a, a Superman, uh, sure Superman meets Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> Only in my head, not actually book, written. But, but, we'll but, ask you about that but, later. But, uh, but uh, you, 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 I do think that there is something to be said about your saying... A character who, as you say, when you want to be a, your better person, your best self, and who um, does that on a very elemental level while also, as a character, you can apply a lot of sophisticated things to, which, you know, Superman has the whole God complex messiah thing. You can, you can have a more complex reading in the same way you can do Doctor Who. Doctor Who can be a character that's... Oh, just madman in a box. The, diff- or- the difference is, though, is that Doctor Who, by his travels, by he, be- by him being inspired by humanity all the way through, and all these different changes he goes through, he becomes better. You know, and that's to say that it tells a lot about humanity as well. That there's something good there. You know, and that's what makes people aspire to be better. Well, one of the things that I I um, sort of had a theory on is that, uh, and I think Miguel sort of kind of disagrees, is that um, thematically. I kind of felt like, the, like I had a question once that I posed, like, is the doctor kind of like a modern day contemporary um, retelling of a trickster um, god, you know, um, kind of like Loki, um, uh, the coyote and yeah, I wouldn't so, say so severely, but not I get so the, severely I get the reference. Yeah, but yeah, that's because, I do. I'm in the same way. I'm not totally 100. percent But I he totally, says you disagree outright. I do understand. <laughs> no, no, but I he I, says you are not there. I do understand. I understand why that interpretation would be so. Why do you keep taking my screwdriver? <laughs> Clock, have a seat. Uh, but so, but you, you you were saying again that that he's this this sort of character who. Well, you say now, Dan. Uh, Dan, you say that. Um, Sylvester McCoy is not, he's not one of your favorites. No. Is that right? I, I look at him and I go, there's your trickster, trickster god right there. Which you know? is what they were trying to do with right. him. Because honestly, mm-hmm. let, let's look at this, the time and the era and what happened, okay? Fifth Doctor leaves, big high, 25th anniversary, just like kind of what we're going through now with the big 50th anniversary. You have a big hurdle and then you have someone take on a very enormous task of following up with that and keeping it fresh, which Colin Baker tried. Uh, unfortunately, he was saddled with a ridiculous costume. I think that even if they would have mm-hmm. just... Why do you wear the celery on your well, lapel? The thing is, and the thing is, that's funny, though. That's one little silly thing. And the crickety-critic stuff is, uh, David Tent said. But if Colin Baker just would have had the stupid jacket and had the black outfit underneath it, it still would have been ten times better. Okay? Yeah. But here you have someone trying to play the character as serious as he can. He was putting all... You could see this guy really cared. On an interview, he said, I will be the doctor as long as you want me to be. This is a guy who was a lifer. He was serious about the role. And he was abused. You know? And he had a, a really big task ahead of him. He was not given the opportunity. The BBC was already cutting costs severely. Uh, at the time, they put him on hiatus. He was just getting every bad turn. And then they say, you know what? Let's keep it fresh. Just get rid of him. And they give... You pull in a guy who is known for children acting, which is fine. But he continued to be a child actor versus a serious actor as that character. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. There are some meritorial um, times with, you know, Sylvester McCoy. There isn't a lot of them, in my opinion. Um, You know, the the silver anniversary for them, the... um, the uh, Doctor Who, what was it? The uh, where he faces the Daleks, Revelation, I think it was called. Uh, no, no, it wasn't Revelation. Revelation was Colin Baker. But um, either way, you know, that was the first time we got a little sense of there was something more. But it was kind of like too little, too late. You know. 
which, by the way, the Colin Baker, uh, if anything stands out for me, the trial of the doctors. You know, you, they're, they're really yeah, bringing into, they're bringing into yeah. the, um, again, this is sort of the parallel that I make with, with X-Files. Like with X-Files fans, it will always be, um, oh, is a, uh, a mythology, the episodes that, that are mythology versus Freak of the Week, Monster of the Week. Colin Baker, um, I'm watching that episode and I go, oh, wow, they're giving us a, a, a lot regarding his background, Gallifrey, the fact that he's on trial for something, you know, the whole idea that he's he, that he was a rogue, um, uh, a, a rogue Time Lord. Um, and so that and that because of that, that kind of grabs me. I know that on the way back on the way here, you said a lot of the the mythology I think uh, that for, really... for myself, I, I was, we were talking about the companions, and I totally completely understand how important the companions are to the show as the in-character, yeah. as... Uh, They're the you ones know, ask, why is this happening? Yeah, exactly. That's, you need the mm-hmm. Watson, the Robin, that kind of character, um, especially for a character that's so intellectual who, you know, if you didn't... If you, you could write a Doctor Who story where there's no exposition... And well, there could, was one, you know, uh, Heaven yeah. Sent, which right. was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And mind you, a lot of people were really rough on that series, but that particular episode, that was a defining moment for Capaldi, right there. Uh, is that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm He's blank. trapped alone inside of his dial. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's one of billions the of years. Not only and that, that was one of the most amazing, um, with, the, with the, the wall. Absolutely. Right. The one wall. of the most amazing sci-fi stories of, of the last 20 years in, uh, done in TV or movies, period, I think, just because it is just so detailed and you get to know this character and they take advantage of what the character is the idea of this you know he was already so long lived and now it's but the thing is is that he was determined as an unstoppable force as well which Mm -hmm. is why the companion is so necessary that's why you see clara pulling him back to humanity again with the chalkboard during the course of that story because even though she's not facing him the influence is still there and that's what makes him better well, and that, that continues to well, show. Well, Tenet's Time Lord Unleashed. You know, well, Tenet's Time Lord Unleashed was just, a, there was a lot of exposition there, and I think it wasn't determined at that point yet, because uh, he just kept on doing it where he always had a they speech. They always change it. You know, and, and the ladies like him because, you know, he he's fancy looking, and he and he speaks, you know, really soft and gentle. And, and I, he gets but, to go away with ro- at least a, yeah, a, version, a, version. Copy, a carbon copy version. And, and they turned into a love story, which, you know, a lot of people had issues about, but... You know, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I just think it was just a bit much. You know, that's all. Now, Marisol, um, you, uh, what, what, what version of the character resonates for you? What, what is it about Doctor Who that you that made you go crazy? Mm-hmm. Apparently, Cause, yes, cause, it goes back to one because you've got some <laughs> sort of to, like. I had to watch. Well, I think it's the fact that it has a story and that that there is a beginning. Like, you know, you watch from when the reboot happened, you're like, well, what is this What is this character's story? And I love a good story. Like, I love to know my characters. Like, I love to know that there's they have history, they have, there's there's breadth to, to them, you know? And so that's why I had to go back and watch from the beginning because I was like, I need to know who he is. Who is Doctor Who? Like, well, I need to know. Good luck, you'll never know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You watch and you're like, there's still more. It's like, where'd he get a granddaughter from? Yes. <laughs> where did she go? We still haven't talked about that. We won't be like, talking oh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like they keep, I love how, like, they'll drop something else and you're like, what? What? When did this happen? But I loved, it's so funny because when I, you know, you're watching Eccleston, you're like, oh, he's so good. It's fantastic. You know, he's so great. Then Tennant shows up and I was like, mm, I don't know. 
I don't know. He's trying too hard. I don't know. <laughs> and then, and then I fall in love with Tennant. And then um, Matt because Smith happens. <laughs> Matt Smith happens, and I was like, eh. Like seriously, like the whole time really? I had Matt, like watching Matt Smith, I was like, he's not Tennant. Like, like <laughs> he's not Tennant. But so, like when I went back and watched the series from the beginning to, and I watched again the reboot. I watched like from 1963 series, like all the way through, and then watched 1911 again for the continuity and to see how, like you know, what happened to see if there, you know, if there was continuity. Blah blah blah. Then I liked um, Matt Smith. Like it took me the second time around to really get into his character, to get into him and be like, okay, because then I fell in love with the whole story arc with that and with Rory and. And uh, Amy so, so, uh, so, so you let you enjoyed the story, but uh, my question would be: it. What is it about the uh, the character itself that you find so uh, appealing that that makes you? I have to see this. I, you know, I'm I'm a fan of this now. What 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 sort of cemented that about about the the franchise? It's smart, smart. He's smart. the The show itself is smart. There's humor. There's there's um, emotion. There's a little bit of everything in the show, you know, even like sometimes it's scary, but, you know, not really. I like that. <laughs> and, you know, I think I like, I, I think that um... I like that about the character. I think it's he's intelligent. I think a lot of what Ed touched on before that, you know, he knows how to solve a problem without firing a shot with, without. Yeah. Without firing a shot. It's the the intelligence factor is a huge thing. Definitely that. Which, by the way, um, him not him being a very nonviolent character, yet he's been described as uh, the the uh, um, I'm the oncoming storm. You know, at the mention of his name to the Daleks, already they're they're, 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 they're they're running in fear, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. that's very telling. And I love those sort. Of, I love those. Um, I love that kind of writing where you take something that's been around for a long time and then you're you you just they, they just put a little skew to it um kind of like well what happened what would happen if superman went nuts you know that sort of thing you know well they did um, they did actually explore that um imperious rex story oh uh, yeah 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 right you know but i mean you know there's there's Every, at the end of the day, there's always going to be some story that's some sort of parallel to it. But Doctor Who is always changing and trying to find something different, trying try and find something new. And that's mm -hmm. where we're, we're at currently with the new series. Now, uh, speaking of which, the new stories with uh, Jodie Whittaker, the 13th Doctor, the, the, the first woman to portray the Doctor. Um, now, again, we have the first time in TBC history we have, we've, we've had the, we have the most... Uh, well, once we got in, rid of Moffat here, who was producing us, we <laughs> <laughs> we had to do a changeover, and they said. But anyway, um, what what are your? Uh, I'll go around the room as far as far as uh, what what are your thoughts on the Thirteenth Doctor? Is is that a good thing? Is that uh, are you enjoying the uh, uh, the shows? Have you been watching it? Are you able to to have uh, to to watch it? Um, I know that guy. I get the episodes, and then I I would share them with uh, with Marisol. Um, uh, you haven't seen and any. I appreciate of them yet. it. You haven't seen any of the. Uh, I'm, uh, any I'm, of the I'm, 13. I'm on the island of misfit toys. I have not. Um, not out of. Uh, I don't want to be me tooed. But not not out of any any sort of like oh, I don't like. I just haven't got around. There's a ten thousand other things. I still have. Uh, uh, I'm I'm currently watching Voltron. Man, all right, all right, Leo. Nice. <laughs> Um, Juana, what do you think of the Thirteenth uh, Doctor? I've actually been watching her. I, I, I like her quick talk. It reminds me of Matt Smith. 
Um, you know, it's like how she speaks so quickly. Um, uh, I, we got to give her a chance. I think the storylines have been a little slow. Um, so um, I'm thinking, you know, it's like as we continue to give her an opportunity, I think she'll be able to shine. And the season is, uh, you have the uh, a New Year's show that's coming up. Yes. And then Christmas. they're going to be off for a year? Almost. I know. I'm going to break in two from what I Which yeah. sucks. I know. It's like you really kind of lose the momentum there when they have such long breaks. I, I'm and that's why you have to go back and watch from 1963. And <laughs> 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 Fill in the gap. Because fills the gap. Um, Dan, what do you think of the uh, the 13th Oscar? So forgive me for making this a little long-winded because um, you, Please. Know, you have to unfortunately unleash a few disclaimers when you, far, you start talking, especially <laughs> if some of it's negative. Um, I was a big champion for there to be a female doctor. And one of the people I... S- thought should have been was actually Michelle Gomez. Michelle Gomez. <laughs> oh, oh, Missy. Missy would have been an amazing doctor if you I've look at her. Because yeah. you look at the way she acts, she's got all of the traits you want that character to have. When Jodie Whittaker was announced, I wasn't surprised because, you know, she was kind of under Chidmull's wing. Um, and she's a talented actress. She can do the job, you know, and I, I absolutely am an advocate for a female doctor. I, in fact, if you watch um, The Curse of Painful Death with uh, Rowan Atkinson, the 13th Doctor is a female. Uh, it's uh, Joanna something, Hutley or whatever. And it was it, very interesting parallels there. Um, so Jodie Whittaker takes over. I like the first episode. I liked the second episode very much, The Ghost Monument. I felt it to be a lot of fun. Um, although seeing the new TARDIS was pointless. Um, and one of the things that I'm having issue with is that there's a lot of lazy writing in between. For mm-hmm. example, her new sonic screwdriver has this crystal that looks reminiscent to the inside of the TARDIS, which doesn't make any sense since she made her own screwdriver and she comes in and she's surprised by what the TARDIS looks like. So that doesn't exactly compute. Because last time with the new screwdriver that Capaldi had, it looks like the TARDIS because it was made by the TARDIS, you know? So you have issue number one. And I'm being very picky here. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you get to episode three, which was probably the strongest episode of the series, Rosa, which deals with racism in the United States. And you know what? There is no way to really sugarcoat it. It is rough. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem I start to have with the series after that. If you're going to have a severely serious episode where you deal with this intense amount of racism where there was really some awful circumstances, which undisputably so, you then lighten it by having a much more fun episode afterward and bring back that sense of wonder that everybody's watching. No, every episode after that, Spiders in the UK, a jab at our president. Okay, mm-hmm. move on, please. <laughs> Kerblam, talking about the attack of how big business is hurting people. I'm like, just, yeah. I'm holding my breath at this right. point because then I watched Witchfinders, which took me two weeks to watch. Mm. And I watched Witchfinders and it was an incredibly poor episode. And one of the reasons why it was so poor, no pace, although um, Alan That's Cummings, I believe it was, was good. My problem is she still hasn't done anything that makes her sound like the doctor. Yeah. There's no tenant speech. And she is not defining her personality. She is just sort of running with the scripts and not doing anything that makes her seem like the doctor. And that's, I, I feel that that's the, like you said, the writing. Yeah. That's very much the writing and not so much uh, Jodie Whittier. Which, by the way, I, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I had to, uh, especially doing research for this particular show, I had to, I felt the need to really in, uh, delve in and, and, and just see what more I can dig up 
And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fall into the broad church uh, uh, <laughs> rabbit hole. And I'm like, no, you don't want to do that. Like what you just described, the drudgery, like something that's going to just cheer you up because he's because he, she is the doctor. Right. And that the, the broad church, I, here I am like uh, two seasons in. I'm like, yeah. nothing happy happens in this town. Well, <laughs> I'd like to uh, add to that. It's good though. Broad church was good. <laughs> I want to add to that though because you have someone... Chris Chinbull, who has become a showrunner of a show mm. who hasn't had any real successful episodes. Now, we could say what we want about Moffat. Uh, the Doctor Dances, which he even said, you know, are you my mummy? You remember this stuff. You know, he <laughs> are created... Are you my mummy? Right. He created, you know, the Weeping Angels in Blink. You know, he did things that had the most successful episodes of the run. So it made sense that even though you may say that some of the stuff got a little funky later on with him, that's going to happen because you're not judging it on one or two great episodes. You're judging it on an entire series. But then you have someone take over an entire series that doesn't have any of that. And the stuff is downtrodden and it's not showing us a doctor. It's showing us political episodes, which look again in its element. It has a place. Um, but Doctor Who has always been a show about wonder and excitement and fun. And if you're going to do that, do it once, make your point, mm -hmm. move on. You know, yeah. we're in a political climate right now where people are the left or right. Frankly, I don't care. It's yeah. too much. You know, we get enough of that in real life. We're here to escape. Excellent point. You know, let me escape, please. And and if I... And that's, know, why, that's why, to me, the, uh, the, the first Matt Smith episode was just that exactly you have a young girl with that sense of wonder who immediately even though she's delayed years and years <laughs> she gets that she ultimately gets that sense of wonder with her second episode clara oswald with matt smith also the rings mm -hmm. of akatan sees a wonderful world of aliens and the, the world is much bigger you don't get that with jodie whittaker you get her burden with too many companions again mm -hmm. which honestly i can never remember their names I remember Yaz because she annoys me. Mm. <laughs> you know? Oh, I, Yaz, I, left out, I left out one of the episodes. Graham, yeah, Graham well, is the older Yeah, I know the older man, but my point is, is that I even left out an episode because the demons of Punjab, because I didn't care. <laughs> you know? It just, it, it went nowhere for yeah, me. Yeah, and it's, uh, and well, again, I, I hope that, um, uh, I mean, if they're going to be off for a year, then uh, perhaps, perhaps that gives them some time to, to just retool well, things. Here's the last issue I'd like to make before I move on, because sure. I know I'm going on a bit about this, and I don't want to sound like I'm tirading here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the tradition is that Christmas Day, let's be honest about Christmas Day. We have our gifts in the morning, we open whatever, we do what we can, and then we're bored. You know, so on Christmas Day, the thing I looked forward to was watching the Doctor, Doctor Who, Who special. Yeah. <laughs> because it was yeah. an amazing, fun thing to do. Now I can't do that. Now I have to watch Doctor Who with a hangover. <laughs> I can't do that. I mean, I might see more wonder that way, but, you know, but I'll be vaguely irritated. All of the Doctor <laughs> Who's Christmas episodes, he was without his companions. He was like, his companions were not in those episodes. So I'm wondering, are they going to do that with this Doctor Who? No, actually, they're not. They uh, already said that the companions are in it. And really? here, yeah. is, here is actually and confirmation. It's not even a Christmas one. Here, here's the confirmation, though. The BBC already said the Daleks will be in it, but they will not look like the Daleks you know. Oh, no. What? They're going to change that, too. Now, as, oh, no. as Miguel was saying before, changes, you know, the nature of the thing. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to change it, at least have it bask in some sort of familiarity to make yeah. it, again, what you enjoy. Yeah, Stop because, I mean, we, we've working. seen 
we've seen the Daleks change before, but they are still the Daleks. Like they still have the same shape and they still look like salt pepper shakers. Yeah, I mean, nobody was a big fan of the ones, the the Paradigium, right. (laughs) Nobody was a big fan of them, but if they would have integrated it where it made sense, which they tried to with uh, um, the Asylum of the Daleks, where you had one where they were the leadership core, then you had the silver, you know, the the bronze Mm -hmm. ones. But if you're going to change them dramatically again, it's like, why are you doing the sensationalism to get people to watch? Uh, and I'm going to say this not because I want to be mean to the show, but the ratings are down. As much as they want to push it, as hard as it is, it dropped 5 million viewers. And if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's dropped 35% to the regular viewers. And the reviewers are trying to praise it to try to get people to watch it. Um, were, the, were, were the drops, um, were they, now these, is it me or were they, start, were they starting to drop around Capaldi? Um, they were dropping yes. during, and I'm not trying to say it's Jodie Whittaker doing this. It was because more of an agenda started showing up in the episodes, and they got heavy. Yeah. But see, I, I just want to—I just like to say this is something that is a a, a a stick in my craw, if you will, uh, in the modern online world of fan. I mean, and I understand um, finding certain themes or whatever off-putting. I understand, but I think that the Rotten Tomatoes score is uh, for the audience because you're saying the critics are pushing it because they want to be agenda driven i kind of no no i didn't say that i said the the critics are pushing it because they want to they want to get it out there and they want people to watch it right Uh, right. but but the the audience score started uh, around 57 Mm percent and has dropped now to 35 percent. right and and that and the thing is that in today's world now we have this sort of fight over everything um and it's and for me i used to think the the fanboy world is not reflective of the wider world no 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 uh <laughs> in just a few years of being you know in the online you know sphere of things which i was not until 2013 i didn't even go on social media whatsoever um you know i i i would not be surprised if people who did have issues uh on mass part of why that score is so low. That is a ridiculously low score. Well, if you look at, and then here's the farity of the issue, okay? Because I don't want to sound like I'm being one-sided about it either way. But when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, you know, you look at some of the seasons with Matt Smith, there was maybe 600 people reviewed. You look at Capaldi, maybe 400 people reviewed because viewership was down. And then you look at Jodie Whittaker and 2,000 people reviewed. So it's a, a broader spectrum, but that's a lot more people saying they don't like it. Now, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to be unfair here because, again, there are things I do like about the show. Um, I do like her costume. I think it's fun. I think it's exciting. I don't care if there's stripes on it or if there's something uh, driven behind it. I do like the fact that it's free-flowing and it's embracing the female aspect of who she is. Um, I like the energy. Um, I do miss Murray Gold as a composer, but I like the futuristic tone they're trying to give the music. The trap, of when something the trappy that, pop. Oh, right. right. They're trying to give you I, a I revelation. I love this. I love this music better than the Capaldi area. Well, when Capa- here's the, the thing: in show, Capaldi's in show. You look at Matt Smith. Uh, Matt Smith got one of the best soundtracks ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. You the know? soundtrack. Yeah. Well, but Matt here's Smith- my point. The last point I'll make. When you got Matt Smith, he had that moment when you knew he was going to do something doctory. That music kicked in, yes. and you knew he was going to get it done. Yes. You know? well, yeah, he, uh, well, it seems as if he's the only, out of all the doctors, he's the only one with his own dedicated theme, which is yeah. the that movie, doc, like, right. <laughs> But Whitaker doesn't have this, and she's never had a doctor moment where she's been allowed to do that, and I think that's unfair to her. So you know. do you think do you think that they might be building towards that? That this might no. be planned? You think that it is simply they in your opinion, they're not grasping 
it's not coming together. It's not gelling. Well, here's another thing that that's a problem is that every single doctor has had a story arc. Mm-hmm. And, and she has, she's yeah, not really. She's got yeah, nothing. Hers is not they yet. had a, mm-hmm. from what I understand with his, you know, because again, I haven't seen it, so I don't want to judge it, but there is a, a turnaround from episode one to episode 10 where there's a yes. you know, conclusion. Um, but if you're going to give a sense of that, and remember that you're trying to guide the audience to, to build up to something, to be excited. And that's why their viewing figures always picked up towards the end, because even if there was a drop off, there was still a pick up at the last episode. Mm-hmm. Jodie Whittaker did not have this. Mm-hmm. If you look at the rating score now, the score I look at, is the one that's by the BBC America. Okay, I'm looking straight from the actual facts of actual broadcast. I refuse to look at accumulated. I refuse to look at all that stuff. First episode got 11 million, 11 million viewers. The last reading was 5.3 million views. Uh, Jonathan has a question here. So, Speaking to the it, microphone. What do you think it's... Uh, why do you think that is? Is it the writing, the casting, the... The, the producers, like, what What do you think is going on with this season? It's always going to go back to writing. Writing. It's always going to go back to writing. Chinball, as I established before, what has he done that really stood out? Dinosaurs on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the episode a lot. I like the mood of that, but I, that's because I like the director. It wasn't because I like the writing. Um, there is no motivating force to make you want to watch this. Okay. All the other doctors, and mind you, here's the reverse psychology of this. If you were to put Jodie Whittaker in, let's say, season uh, 10 of Capaldi's work or, or one of David Tennant's uh, series, it would have worked because it was written well. Yeah. But she's not given that chance. Um, yeah, because I like, I like her as the doctor mm-hmm. itself. Speaking of... I think she's a good doctor. Well, uh, you know what? But... We haven't heard, from, Muddy, we haven't heard from you about uh, 13. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I've been dominating the conversation. No, that's okay. So. That's okay. You're doing <laughs> great. Uh, what, uh, any thoughts on 13? I, I love her energy. I think she's more like, she, she reminds me more of David Tennant with the quickness than Matt Smith. Because I'm thinking of like when David Tennant would just go off on a rant and you're like, what? And uh, that she has that kind of thing. Like she'll say, and she'll talk to herself. She talks to herself a lot. Like, she's like, oh, I see that now. And like, stuff like that. I love that. Um, I agree about yeah, the episodes being like way too political. It's like, uh, yes, yeah, we, yeah. I see this coming. Mm-hmm. The Rosa Parks episode. I just want to touch base on that for a second. The, the bad guy in that, who the heck? Yeah, it what? didn't really serve a purpose, I know. It made no sense. They just sort of threw that in there just so there'd be a sci-fi yes. aspect. I was it. really, I was disappointed by that because I'm like, I don't hate him. I don't care about him at all. Like when you have a, 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 a an evil character, you want to you wanna have a reason to really hate him. What was his or, name? Governor Wallace? You know? <laughs> What'd you say, Dan? I couldn't hear that. Sorry, what was the name of the uh, villain? Governor Wallace? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, monkey wrench we got it <laughs> which by the way if i were to uh, now let me just specifically about this particular season um there's my i don't know if any of you feel the same those of you who have been uh, up, up to date with um th- uh, uh jody whittaker's um uh, uh season um my particular favorite of out of all the episodes where alan cumming plays king james Again, it just it brings another. It, like to me, that was just a very fun episode. <laughs> but uh, you had but to... let's let's fill him. <laughs> that sounds very innuendo, if anything. But we need to fill him though. 
And he wants to fill uh, Graham's grandson, who I can't remember right. his well, name. Right. Well, it's like, a, oh, yes. hello. You know, it's, like, it's like, okay, <laughs> a lot of filling going on. Very strange, you know. Are there... Um, I love Alan Cummings, though. I love him. I out, adore him. Outside of the doctor, um, we haven't really spoken about the companions. I know companions usually is, a, is, is at a point where it's like, do we even need to talk about the companions? Um, of because, course we do. <laughs> I think so. Oh, wait, can I say one thing? Please, please. Bud never gets through a point, it seems. <laughs> my friend my friend Jamie, the one who turned me on to Doctor Who, she asked me the other day, what was your favorite episode? And I couldn't give her, like, because I've, I've liked a lot of the episodes for different reasons. But I think my favorite episode right now, and I don't know the name of it, because I told you before, I don't, I don't go by my titles. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's the one with the... Um, <sighs> Dan would the the was it like the universe had its own self conscious the the one the one with the little girl that they were crossing dimensions you know what I'm talking about the one with the girl that she's blind the blind girl the one with the blind girl don't know mm, are we talking classic no new the newest one blind girl my, my favorite of the newest oh, episodes of Whitaker. Oh, with Whittaker. Oh, uh, the blind. Oh, uh, I haven't seen that one yet. That's Kiss the oh, Frog or whatever. It is. Oh yeah, that. Uh, that's um. That was the la- the, the latest episode. Okay. Um, second to last. Right, a second. The second to last episode. Right. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Oh, that one. That one has given me. That one has given me hope as to what we could see in the future of Doctor Who. Because I was like, okay, okay, this feels more. Doctor Who-ish. It, feels- it does feel like that particular episode did feel that, and again, I'm not going to spoil it for 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 anyone yeah. here who hasn't seen it. Um, but again, dressing addressing children in particular, or children who are in a particular place, children who are in need of help. And again, I will always uh, point to Capaldi talking to the to to, to the scared little kid, uh, even though he's browbeating them at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do like that episode a lot. Um, I want to propose again back to the companions because you you brought up like in a lot of the classic episodes and I, and I'll bring up, um, even Sarah Jane, Mm -hmm. it's a, well, what's that about doctor? What, Mm -hmm. what is this? What's that? You know, that their only main purpose was not, um, necessarily a, a John Watson to a Sherlock Holmes, but they're just there to just point out the obvious things, you know? Well, let me tell you something. The reason why this is happening... Well, there's, the, the, there's the function aspect, and then there's what is... That's the function. Mm-hmm. They are the... That's why you have a Watson or a Robin. Yes. Then you start asking, well, what's specific about this character? What are they bringing to the table? What changes? What are they doing for, for the Doctor? What are they doing for the story? How are they being used? And there are hits and misses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, along the way, both in the modern Who and... In the classic Who, mm-hmm. I think we can easily say. But the, uh, I think it's just a, a, a simple thing would be somebody. Who, who are your favorite companions? Who, who, who are the, who are the, you know, and make a double. Mm-hmm. Who are the ones that you go? I, I wish they had been around for longer. And who were the, who were the companions where you said, maybe drop them off at the next space station and let's just move on from there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know who who are we gonna who uh, who who are we gonna marry off to uh, 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 
Space Voltan. Who are gonna give? We're who gonna give to Brian Blessed and just never hear from them ever again? Wanda, who 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 are your your favorite companions and the the companions that you weren't so crazy about? My favorite is Doctor Donna. I love Donna. Yes, Donna Noble. She she was the Doctor Doctor Who's best friend. She would tell him like it is, and she would not. Hold her tongue. You know, if he's wrong, he's wrong. And she would let him know it. And, you know, it's like, but she was his challenge. You know, it's like she came, she came head to head with him. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the the most forgettable one is the Capaldi one. Um, the female one that came after Clara. Um, Billy. Billy. Billy, yes. Billy. I, I don't even, I, I did not connect with her. Yeah. I did not care for her at all. I'm sorry. I just did not find any kind of connection with her. I would. I'm in a little bit of agreement because while I I thought the actress was fine, mm-hmm. I know she's a comedian, right? Uh, and I just didn't think the character there was much to it for, no. me, for me. But uh, also, also remember though, you're following Clara, who'd been there for four years. Right. Yeah. She was so short. So any companion so. like after that, you're just not going to like them, especially mm-hmm. since Bill was only there for one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now again, you know. You like what you like. Okay. Dan, just making Dan, a valid point. Okay. <laughs> Dan, you're you're uh, you're 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 the, the the companion that you couldn't do without, and the companion that again you couldn't do without. I yeah. don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, right. Because uh, before I answer that question, a lot of the people who played the Doctor, like John Pertwee and Tom Baker in the classic series, felt they didn't need companions. Really? Yeah, they actually uh, John uh, John Pertwee thought that he was more of a James Bond. Mm-hmm. And he even said that. He said, you know, the, with the Venetian... Oh, Pertwee can, definitely Pertwee was yeah, right. going on sure. yeah. his fancy He carved himself that way, too, though. Yeah. The, the, the karate doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and Tom somebody. Baker, at one point, when they said they were going to give him Leela, he actually didn't want a companion at all. They actually... Uh, he actually tried to fight to not have one, but they said it was necessary for exposition. Mm-hmm. And yet, Is that why and his character ends up, was so mean to Leela? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and yet he ends up getting... a uh, Tom Baker ends up... Uh, a, a, Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane. Mm. But, you know, I will tell you that the companion, and I want to answer that in two parts, is that the modern era versus the classic era, um, Ramana, of course, is the first step in the right direction because Mm -hmm. you have someone that not only tells the doctor what's up, but also knows a bit more than him, and he has to kind of deal with the fact that his ego is bruised a little bit. Mm. And he really needed her. He needed needed to know that, you know, there are other Time Lords out there. He's not as special as he'd like to think in his own little universe. And that, but but he also makes them realize that it's more fun to travel and do things. And and it was a lot of fun. It opened up that sense of wonder again. Um, You know, in the modern era... Uh, I tend to find myself, you know, on the fence because I did like um, uh, Captain Jack quite a bit. Um, you oh, know, yes. because Captain it was the Jack. first time they really. I'm sorry, I can't see her. Uh, Clark, Clark. <laughs> Clark, help us out, buddy. Um, thank you. I didn't want to be rude to you. Um, uh, Captain Jack, because he was just simply. He was exactly who he was, and he didn't have to make any sort of apologies or reservations about it. And, uh, you know, I love the line that the doctor says, well, he's a. He's a, what is it, 21st century type of guy where he can, you know, that's how they are. Yeah. And he, and he, he loves just, dancing. And, ju- and a, just a fun overall character. Yeah. The perfor- Barrowman is just, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a powerhouse performer, charismatic as hell. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I this, totally get why but, that would but, be anyone on anyone's favorite list. But I and then I and I can understand the, uh, the the appeal of someone like a Captain Jack. But he, like I look at him and I go, he's not. He doesn't fit into 
what a companion should be. Which is why I liked him. <laughs> because, again, you know, you have this traditional thing where there's always used to be a assistant. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then now it's a companion. You know, and he, he knows that he was like a part-time companion because he kind of had to have his own show, and he mm -hmm. did. Yeah. Um, well, that is kind of what Jack felt to me. He sometimes felt like, shouldn't... Are you the star of another show <laughs> who's coming in and doing a guest shot thing here every once in a while? Right. Like he's from, he brings a, a different total like, dynamic mm -hmm. and flavor. It's not like a lot of uh, so many of the other companions, especially being an, a real action adventure kind of guy where the doctor yeah. had companions yeah. who were in that. But this was a straightforward, like, you're not just a punk kid with a backpack who's a little mm -hmm. rebellious. You're your own certified action adventure hero. Mm -hmm. who's, yeah, you know. Yeah, right. And which is which uh, speaks volumes by comparison to someone like, let's say, Ricky or Mickey, Mickey or Ricky, whichever you want. <laughs> exactly. Who I believe are very throwaway characters. I mean, for Pete's sake, you had so to Rory kill them off. Right. And I love Rory. Yeah, he loves Rory. Well, but if you follow Rory, the Rory. the rule of Rory and. Now I'm going to say Ricky. Uh, Mickey. <laughs> Mickey. Um, they both started off exactly the same way. They yeah. started off as weak-willed characters that were just sort of yeah. there, and they were just sort of a burden. Scaredy cats. And then later on, they evolved because they either had to or they had to disappear. Yeah, because the centurion who waits for the girl—that's a huge. I, I, I also that's would a huge think thing, you know what? I think that Rory and Mickey also have this sort of thing where it feels like there was a lot of the similar material. It kind of feels like they, because again, oh, I'm in love with this character. Uh, there's romantic feelings for the companion who has romantic feelings, or there's some sort of deeper relationship with the mm -hmm. doctor. It feels like there may have been some things that was rolled over from Mickey. Well, that's an easy answer. Rory. For easy answer. Yeah. Well, the easiest answer is, and people don't realize, is that before there's a new doctor, they always have to write for the last doctor. They have to. And so, unless they know what that doctor is going to be, they still have to base it on the last doctor that was on TV. Mm -hmm. So, what did you have? You had your your most popular was Rose and Nikki. Mm. You know, so they made Amy and Rory. It's very similar. And they also added themselves to the series kind of the same way as well, where Rory eventually became a companion, just like Nikki did. Mm -hmm. So it's written the same way. Same thing with Capaldi. You know, you had Clara keep that long basis of, you know, regularity. You know, it's a big dramatic change. He's older. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, so um, we've got it's, it's, funny, it's funny that you mentioned that uh, in The Day of a Doctor, um, where... Smith and Tennant, they see each other. I, I forget. I don't think it's a, um, a, 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 it's not Queen Elizabeth, but it was Elizabeth a, the first. Elizabeth the first, who kisses him, and, and he's just looking at it like, there you go again. Venom sacks on the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's commentary on the fact that, well, for once you have a doctor who's getting all a little romantic and kind of Lando on 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 the women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, getting Lando. Getting Lando on the women. Okay. Wow. Um, Marty, are any, what are your thoughts on companions, personal favorites? Um, personal favorites. The ones that I'm you do go, not like. I'm going to go classic. I'm going to go classic for a second. And Sounds like she was getting emotional like, as well. <laughs> what'd you say? Sounds like you were getting emotional as well. I'm going to get classic oh, for no, a second. no, no, no. My voice is a little shot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's funny, but we have, uh, Jamie and Zoe that stand out to me from, uh, classic Doctor Who. Uh, they're the. And she froze. Hello. Hello. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what? No, you froze. froze for a moment. You froze for a second. Is but that can, the, oh, just continue. Sorry. Is that the, the second Doctor's the... companions. Okay. 
They're Pat- Patrick Charles' companions. Right. Okay. And I love them. I think part of it is like, um, where you know how you have Romana with Tom Baker, like she was like the smart one and everything. Zoe was like really smart, and she would sometimes be smarter than the doctor, but he never wanted to acknowledge it though. Like, <laughs> he well, never wanted to acknowledge it. That episode of Mind Robber I was telling you about, she does show that she can handle it. The only thing that broke her up, which you can agree, she mm-hmm. had to yell in every episode. Yeah. You know, the girl had an amazing yell, but we have to hear it all the time. Like, uh, what's her face? Uh, Bonnie, like, Bonnie Langford with the sixth doctor constantly yelling, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Or like Susan with the first doctor. Yeah. Always whining. And you want to smack her in the face. <laughs> well, it was a completely different time when the show started. I mean, I well, yeah, that's, the, the that's unearth- part of the thing. The, yeah. the unearthly child, by the way. Um, I have to say, it, like, because it's, uh, and that's, is that what you're referring to? The unearthly child, the first episode? I'm referring to, well, the, to, the, 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 to the, Susan as a character in a whole, but yeah, we can refer the, to the first episode. Who happens to be, <laughs> who happens to be the doctor's granddaughter, right? Mm-hmm. Or yes. grandniece, granddaughter, granddaughter. 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 She's um, actually a time lord as well, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I just I, that particular episode. Now here's where it resonates for me, and and again, it's kind of just drifting away from the whole companion thing. But about the doctor, um, here you have a doctor, and for, for, I'm watching it, and I'm like. Is he sort of a kind of a jerk a hole here? Because <laughs> oh, he was here. He's you know <laughs> yeah, he here, totally here's was. a man who's passed out. <laughs> And you have the command, you're like, Doctor, please help help us. Well, if I must, I must. <laughs> okay, now, and he's an old man. You can't really expect an old man but, to help you out. Know, that like, was actually, again, we go back to that point where it's like, after the third year of Hartnell being the doctor, mm. he warmed up to his human companions quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, you didn't, even want, you didn't even like this guy. <laughs> the Daleks are out there, they're getting radiation poisoning. We'll let them all die. And he's like, you know, <laughs> they're humans, who cares? Um, you know? Any thoughts on companions? No, I, I don't want to add anything more. More that. Um, do you have any more uh, particular points, yeah. or can I? Uh, I there's some stuff. Yeah, be, before you do uh, about the companions. Um, so here I am. I'm watch. I'm rewatching the episode uh, where Sarah Jane comes back, and this is with Tennant. Yes. And yeah. and she's she's a uh, um, a journalist who's doing a story on vampire bats. At this, uh, uh, or 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 teachers turning to vampire bats. At the school. She was doing at the a story on strange happenings at the. She the wasn't school. going. Yeah. Oh, there happens to be vampire <laughs> bats. <laughs> Let's just go. Um, guest starred by Niles from uh, from 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 Buffy, from Buffy but that's yes. besides the point. Mm-hmm. And um, I I I was just kind of sad because by then she had already passed away. And I went back and watched a bunch of uh, Tom Baker episodes. And to me, I look at Sarah Jane and I go, she is the ultimate. Yeah. I mean, she's intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not always. Uh, I Always the one who's willing to bicker with the doctor mm-hmm. on things, um, even though it, it's it, she's more than just the yes. There, she had moments where she was the, the damsel in distress. But at the same time. Was. Uh, was a force in her own in, in, in her own to be able to deal with well, got her own show I don't yes. got her own show mm-hmm. um, she became a favorite of everybody and the doctor guest starred on her show twice right right and um, so I, I look at her and I look at her and I point to her as as, as a true companion um, but I, if you, but I, if you I, I think that Sarah Jane for me I will always say and maybe it's because of the connection to Baker 
as maybe the most iconic of the doctor for a lot of people. That's not necessarily true. But she started with Pertwee. Yeah, she started with Pertwee, Pertwee, but she had put her stamp down before Tom Baker. And she helped helped Tom Baker become the doctor that he needed. Yes, and she said that, and she's talked about that in interviews. And the thing about uh, what I'm reverse sexism. (laughs) What I'm trying to what I'm trying to to get is that I think that uh, again because of that connection to being that she was a companion with Baker, and that relationship, I always I don't maybe maybe Donna comes kind of close, but I always feel Sarah Jane is the Doctor's best friend of all the companions. Mm-hmm. I think that they're, they're it's, because they, I don't think it was, you know, I don't even remember any sort of romantic tensions. It was, this is... Well, that was a new concept. French. Yeah, it, this yeah. is my deep friend. Remember that Tom Baker's Doctor, the best way they describe him is a bohemian traveler mm-hmm. okay and he's more about he has those moments too where he like wanders into the sunset and he goes i'm 750 years old <laughs> yes, i need a jelly baby <laughs> and jelly she's baby. like you know like oh yeah doctor you, you know and she she acts like it's a joke which is great because you know that's what she that's how she straightens him out and reminds him come back to earth you know come back to gallifrey come back to wherever just calm down mm-hmm. you know i think that donna noble would have been like another Sarah Jane, if it wasn't yeah. for the fact that she had to, he had to leave her behind for her yeah. own sake. Because <laughs> to tell him to shut I, up. I, yes. I loved. <laughs> I had to add that I loved Donna Noble. She was like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, after uh, the whole Rose thing, and then Martha's like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." You know what? I will always say this. Uh, while uh, I understand the appeal of Billy, absolutely. I mean, she's gorgeous. Billy. Billy uh, Piper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, there was a point with the Rose stuff where I was kind of going like, and maybe it was because it was new and it was only, here's this romantic dynamic and some other things going on there where I would just kind of like, I can, let's move on here. I don't, I'm not interested in, in the sort of romantic angst angle as much as I understand what the appeal would be, uh, especially when you're going to go to a wider audience. Well, actually I disagree. Yeah, okay. I do too. Yeah. Because I, I, you're, you're not thinking, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. no, go for it. I was going to say is that you have to try everything when a show is on its first foots. You know, Doctor Who had been shut down. So to get a new audience for that, right. you had, I, I, I said you I had, had to approach yeah. either that aspect, you had to approach his traveling aspect, you had to approach a number of ways. They had to avoid using any old references mm. except for Daleks. <laughs> um, they had to try a number of things, so they had to do it. Because if you remember, now the thing people forget is that Paul McGann kissed his companion <laughs> as well. In the movie. And that yeah. was like, oh my God, Doctor Who and just kissed a girl. They said, they're Americanizing <laughs> Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, what do you call it? Home again. Yeah, it's it's not it's not really fair to put that all on them. It just it was starting to happen, and it was a way to romanticize and get ladies involved, which it worked. It did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, like it I said, did. I understand the so, appeal. Me. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. It well, got that wider audience. I guess, I, I, so there, so there, right? I, again, I, like I said, I understand. I get the appeal. I'm saying for me personally, it was the sort of thing where I was kind of like. You don't like to watch people kiss? <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel uncomfortable? Pants get old tight. I'm lonely. <laughs> I'm lonely, Dan. I'm glad you brought up you know? uh, 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 Paul, McGann, Paul McGann, uh, who had his start with the Doctor Who movie, which brings <laughs> us to the master... Eric Roberts Eric himself. Roberts. <laughs> now, let's talk about some villains oh here. Let's talk about some villains Do here. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have Hold to talk on. about Eric Roberts. <laughs> 
But if you do want to talk about Eric Roberts, mm-hmm. uh, then the, I hope he got to keep the robe. That's all I'm saying. I hope that <laughs> Eric Roberts trying to be minging the merciless. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's also forget the Doctor's biggest enemies. Uh, the m- m- most successful enemy in that movie, which of course is Triad Gangs, because apparently yeah. <laughs> Triad Gangs will take the, out the, the Doctor, the, uh, the Cybermen, <laughs> the, the Weeping Angels. Well, Cakewalk. Again, again, they were in an, uh, they were uh, a little forced, unfortunately, with Eric Roberts right. because they had to get a name to go along with it for the American audiences, right, yeah. and that's the problem when you pitch. You know, you have mm-hmm. to kind of. Except people don't realize that when you deal with a show, let's let's go off topic for a second, a second here. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They started off as a show with a bunch of comedians <laughs> that pitched a show and it did well in the first series, but they had to put a celebrity in there for it to continue. They had no They put in Danny. So mm-hmm. they put in Danny DeVito, which was a great match. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. <laughs> so getting Eric Roberts, who's like, yeah, and they're all flamboyant and no British accent all of a sudden. It's like, okay. All right. I, I, I now have in my head Charlie Day as a as a Doctor Who villain. Uh, you're, you're like a Time Lord, right? You know? Yeah. So, but I had to do that. Yeah. Like, but that's I do a serviceable like, Charlie to Day. Try right, to yeah. get that pitch in there. That's why for example with the new series with Kapal, uh, excuse me with um, Eccleston coming in oh. uh, and restarting the series Eccleston was a brand name mm-hmm. and getting him in there they were taking it very seriously so people watched and that's the point that has to happen mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. so yeah let's, let's go to yeah, yeah let's, let's get, let's get, get around vil- just, just, just villain territory um, your, your, your favorite of the, the villains Marisol who, who, who of classic or new uh, are the villains that resonate for the most that you get the mo- that yes, if you know that this episode is going to feature them as a reoccurring thing, um, uh, you're my, you're down. My favorite villain, my favorite villain is the Weeping Angels. Mine's too. They are so, <laughs> and I think it's because like everybody's like they're so scary. Like I was like that that those episodes didn't freak me out. They didn't scare me. I thought it was interesting. It's it's kind of like I look at it like this: Weeping Angels. They're kind of merciful in their killing because they bring their you know they their whole thing is that they take you out of your timeline and bring you back in you know to another Mm -hmm. another era and then you have to live out the rest of your life Mm -hmm. well they don't necessarily kill you then you know what i mean they just place you somewhere else and then you have to live so it's kind of merciful in a way but well, if you, got, if, you, if you got some financial issues, <laughs> right. you go somewhere where your creditors don't find you, it's not bad. I mean, it's not bad. Point. <laughs> and scary, super People scary. Are, you've got a family and everything like that, and then you get taken out. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Yeah. And then it's kind of a torturous rest Once of your again, life. I have I some it. people in my family I, I would not mind not seeing again for a while. <laughs> now, I'm just saying. Now, now Maria, I, I have just... said that uh, Blink was actually my, my first episode ever. <laughs> And in wow, that, that's a hell of an intro. Yeah, it is a hell of an intro. There because was barely if, any doctor in it. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. A, a part of it. If that. you Google which episode should I be starting with, Blink always appears as the first episode for. Uh, it's as high intro. on the list. It's, it's high, high on the list, list. Can right? I, can I can I add something about the Weeping Angels? So you know how like so you had that first episode with Blink, and then you had that second episode with um with River Song in it, where where they're back and they're in the caves and everything like that, the whole nine. And then you have um, the the Doctor in Manhattan. You have those episodes. Okay, I just have to say something. This has nothing to do with Doctor Who, but it does. So now you flip forward, forward into the future, and you have the spinoff class, right? Uh-huh. Anybody watch class? I did. Okay, so <laughs> the last mine. episode that they show... 
come on. How are you going to end a series like that? Because they, they reveal like the weeping angels are part of the whole thing. And I'm like, <gasps> and I got so excited. And then they canceled. And then the show got canceled. Because right there, it's like, Oh my goodness. I was so excited. And I'm like, bring the, bring the angels back. Bring the weeping angels mm-hmm. back. But yeah. Okay. Um, see, Wanda knows what I'm talking about because yes, she saw them. Anybody else see class? Nobody else Dan, did you not see class? I, I, I didn't bother. Really? I, honestly, I did not bother. I, I, no I've class. seen some Sarah Jane, chroni- <laughs> no uh, Sarah Jane Chronicles, no but class. that's as far as it We're goes. And some Torchwood. I saw and Sarah some Torchwood. Jane Chronicles, some of those, yeah. I've seen all of Torchwood. Torchwood, and yes. And I saw all of class. Because it's an interesting perspective to see how they spin off because it's mm-hmm. nothing like Doctor Who, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but a little bit like Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Uh, Wanda, your your favorite uh, villain? The uh, the Weeping Angels. Uh-huh. I mean, I found them scary because now I look at statues all differently now. <laughs> <laughs> they rocketed up very, very quick in the rankings from 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 the fir- from almost yes. that first episode and then. Uh, you know other uses. You know, a, a, a lot of the villains, like the like the Daleks or the Cybermen, it's like they're kind of characterized. You know, it's like the yeah. character is just a little too hokey kind of thing. You know, it's like how can you really be scared of a salt and pepper oh, shaker? You know, <laughs> Cybermen freak me out. The Cybermen freak me really? out. Really, I don't want to be turned into a Cyberman. I don't want to be turned into. A, I could see that. Yes, yeah, I could see that. It's just you know the way their their movement and you know it's like how slow they are and it's like how can you not run away from them? <laughs> Yeah, Wanda, Wanda here. Here, look. <laughs> <laughs> oh my don't god! Blink. Oh my god! Don't blink! Don't blink! <laughs> but you see, that's that's what it is. It's like you blink and they're there in a flash of a second. You know, that's scary. Well, also, to me. I think that the, there's something about them being a non-characterized villain, mm-hmm. where you, yeah. you basically have you know, there's there's not a lot of doctor pontificating or getting his usual. Oh, here's my back and forth with the villain. Here, here's yeah, why yeah, I get yeah. to be witty. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's us. This silent force, yes, mm-hmm. as threat. Uh, I get. I totally understand why mm-hmm. they've, 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 they've become as popular as they are. And I, you just said that. And the silence is another one. Oh, the silence. <laughs> yes, the silence is another one. They are also right. very spooky to me. What did I, mean, I just say? I said something. I don't yeah. remember. You said, and you mentioned the silence. <laughs> the silence of. Did I mention the silence? You did. Say, you did mention the silence. You see, unconsciously, you are, you fear them too. I have a feeling that someone should look in the next room for a dead body. Bueller, <laughs> the silence is another top ten for me because it's like they are. You you turn That's around. Two and you, favorites. Yes, those are two favorites. <laughs> two favorites. Uh, Dan, your your uh, uh, villains that um, resonate with you from from the franchise. Well, you know, again, I, I tend to go. I'm partial to the Cybermen. Um, mm. A lot of it is because uh, when they did go to aftershock, 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 the David um, mm. Peter Davidson episode. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. Um, you know, there was a particular actor. I forgot his name. David something who uh, became the leader of the Cybermen, and he had a certain sound and a certain mm. connotation, and he came off as this presence. Um, in the newer series, I didn't mind it, although I didn't like that they warped sort of making a parallel universe where the Cybermen <laughs> came about. Um, although they did work on the speed issue with uh, Matt Smith when they were upgrading constantly. Mm-hmm. Although I'm, I don't think they really thought that through <laughs> in Nightmare in Silver. Um, but the Cybermen have always, you know, because of the fact that eventually you're going to become this, was always that mm-hmm. haunting sort of idea. Uh, while I did like the Weeping Angels as well, I felt it was very overused. Uh, you know, because after a while, it didn't become as suspenseful or as exciting. Do you, do you think the Cybermen? Now, Cybermen are not a particular favorite of mine, but I like the concept. Yeah. Um, 
do you think a um, and here's here's a reason why it's because um, the and I the camp of them just marching. Um, well, you know, I, maybe Star Trek kind of improved on that with the Borg. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you you want to take a character, a villain character, and you re, you they're humans, but you remove. The humanity. 90% of their humanity, and that's what you get. Well, if you saw Attack of the Cybermen, uh, which was an episode, uh, uh, the official first episode of Colin Baker's series, mm-hmm. um, it starts off where they're in the tunnels and they're painted black. Yeah. So they're in the sewers, and this thing is in there just killing off people. And that's the way that the Cybermen work. You know, if you had the Cybermen just sort of marching along, they look dopey and silly because, you know, run. <laughs> it's like the Jason Voorhees effect. It's like, oh, well, there's this madman in the forest and he can't run. What do you make of the, uh, how, what do you make of the origin story from the, from, from the Capaldi, yeah. that particular With Capaldi Billy. episode? Well, that one sounds a bit more realistic to me because, again, you're having these humans being upgraded to kind of survive. And yeah. uh, if you look at the creepiness of the Cybermen from Telos way back when in, um, in Mondas from, uh, you know, William Hartnell's era, uh, you know, that seeing that snow and seeing these things out there, and even though it was a little goofy, they open their mouth, and it was like, ah, and they make these horrible <laughs> sounds. Again, they still looked like they were these, you know, next step unfinished humans that are going to take what you are because you need to change or die. I and know why Dan loves the, the loves the Cybermen. Why they were the they were the reason why Adric got killed. <laughs> <laughs> that little mathematician, someone in the back of your head, you were giving her like good one on you guys. <laughs> but also the Cybermen. The difference was is that when you had a Cyberman episode versus a Dalek episode, a lot of the times the Dalek was Revelation of the Daleks, Resurrection of the Daleks, Genesis of the Daleks, mm-hmm. this of the Daleks, mm-hmm. that of the Daleks. She just took off. She doesn't care. Um, <laughs> I'm here. I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm multitasking right now. And uh, but the thing was with the Cybermen. And there was only maybe a handful of episodes that were named after Cybermen. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Aftershock, if I'm saying right. the name right. right. Well, um, there's a surprise. Right. After series, <laughs> the episodes were done well where there was actually pace. And then the Cybermen are revealed and they're, they're different and they're doing research on the Doctor and they're really doing things to actually go after him. And mm-hmm. if you watch that episode, you have a sense of dread. Not a mm-hmm. sense of wonder. And when the doctor is confronted with them, he's trying to make them understand why humanity is important and they just don't care. And yeah. that's what defined them at that I point. I get very timey-wimey, uh, particularly with the, with the Cybermen, just as I am with, not timey-wimey, with the Borg. But if whenever, um, like I think it was uh, uh, Rose's mom, um, had she already been Cybermanized. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether the process has been reversed. Whenever there's a reverse process... Most of your anatomy has been re- replaced by cyber. Well, there was uh, by, no by reverse cyber. process. No, there, no, there, was, no, there is no reverse no. process. I'm Even like, no. that was in the what parallel was, universe. What was Clara's boyfriend's name? I forget Pink. his name. P- uh, Pink. Uh, Mr. Yeah, Pink. Danny yeah, Pink. Pink. Right. And Danny Pink got converted, and there was no way back after that. Right. You know, he was done. Uh, you know, right. which was which is one of the reasons why Cybermen are so dangerous. Mm. You know, Daleks uh, just hide inside of one. You shell it out. For me, I have to say. Inside. For me, I have to say it's the the, the master. And uh, and I think the master has had a very, not including Eric Roberts, like like just, just <laughs> well, even Anthony Ainley had his moments. <laughs> Remember that episode uh, Legopolis with the Fourth Doctor? He's on there. He goes the CVE is all mine. <laughs> He'd really be forcing that laughter. <laughs> and just, you're like, okay, yeah. calm down. But Get I, this guy a volume. You know? But I just wanted to bring up that when he when he first appears. Uh, on a uh, with John Pertwee, yeah. 
Well, that was and, different though. Roger Delgado was an amazing actor. Yeah. You know, and he he came on. He was hardcore. But but yeah. but he was I great. but I just wanted to point out that uh, it, with with the introduction of the master. And then the doctor has a comment. It's like, well, someone's, someone's going around, like, calling themselves a master. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, you know, like, arrogance is his weakness. And then they go to the master, the doctor. Curiosity is, curiosity is his weakness. You know, it's like, <laughs> already they, they're already sizing each, each other up in a very gentle, uh, gen, gentlemanly manner. Yeah. And then you... Um, he strangles with a phone cord. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to... Um, the last time we saw the master, it was with Missy, and I will never forget her words uh, in exchange uh, uh, with Capali. Capali had already imprisoned her, and you get to get a sense of their philosophy. And she and Miss um, Gomez says straight up, "I, you know, your concept of good and bad. Your what your your concept of good. I have trouble with. I forget. I'm just paraphrasing. It's a um, but it's he. She has issues. The master has issues with his morality." And I'm like, okay, that's something that's very interesting. And eventually, later on, the master offs him herself in a double death. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have to wonder how they're going to write themselves out of that one. Because it's inevitable. The master will return. So to yeah. give us that in such a way you go like, all right, what are you... Well, if you remember, the master was self-imploding, and the next thing you know, he's a woman. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, right. Uh, yeah. And, but the thing is, is that is that they've made a joke where even Moffat said, well, if he's back, get over it. He's back. Get over it. He's back. You know, and that's <laughs> it. Why not? You know, and that, that's all there's, there's to a, There's explain. a lot of that... It, there's a lot of that to the series in general with its... Uh, 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 do you have but the master makes a joke of uh, it. Not that's about the, the master, thing. but go on. Okay. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'll just get it off my... I, I'm, uh, my, two, my two tops are Dav- uh, Davros and, um, and the master. Mm. Oh, um, Davros at just stand alone. At, mm. I, I, well, yeah. uh, well, I mean, you got to... I mean, yeah. like, it, there's was, a wonderfully like Shakespearean... Do you mean uh, Captain like, Pike? Oh, no, no, Davros. <laughs> well, the thing you have to ask yourself, though, is that there's been many actors that played yeah. Davros. Yeah. You know, you had Michael Wisher in Genesis of the Daleks. Um, then, of course, I forget his name, but uh, there was one that was in between who was okay in mm-hmm. Destiny of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you had a regular actor who played him, which I'm uh, right from, out of my right, head. Yeah, same, same and he had that, that, that thing that made you, you know, he had proper makeup at that point and everything. And really, <laughs> you know, you liked him. But he was getting more and more disintegrated. Like, he lost yes. his arm. He was, in a, he was inside of a doll. Like, <laughs> he comes back, he's got a metal hand. You know, and I just think he was just this, it's like, all right, come on, move on already. You know, well, he's just, well, well, going back to the whole, my, my whole calling him uh, MacGyver in space, MacGyver had an enemy called Murdoch. Who, <laughs> was he in a wheelchair? You don't even, I don't even want to get into it, but it was like every appearance, it was worse and worse. Yeah. It was like, because every time they offed him, it was like, I guess Murdoch's dead, but they, he fell off a mountain, he got dissolved in acid. He's but a flesh wound. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> seriously. So, yeah, da- Davros has that score. And then, and then, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the master, uh, uh, just because I enjoy that superhero, supervillain dynamic. Sherlock you know, to Moriarty. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you, mm-hmm. you gotta have that. Yeah, almost with the, you know, with something. I mean, I guess so. It just, it's, it's sometimes I feel it is overplayed just a bit. Um, I did like the dynamic with Missy because, you know, especially since he wants to help her. Mm-hmm. And that's his motivation for, you know, dealing with this. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I mean, deep down, that was his friend. Yeah. They were younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I would like to uh, just ask, uh, what are the loose threads because we're talking about the evolution of the show and we're talking about how 
you know, here's what we like and we're trying to be consistent, but this is also a franchise with a crap ton of inconsistencies and things. That's a really, really, really long list. Right, you sure you want to ask that question? I have to say, the face of Bo, is it really Captain Jack? It is. I don't know. But how? Well, he admitted it. He said he I admitted know. it. I know. And he was a face of Bo. Deal with you it. Know, he's a big face. Just, <laughs> he's a big face. How did he change it to that? Uh, for Marisol, is there is there a, is there a loose thread uh, 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 from the show that you go? Why why have we not? You know, resolve that this. up. Why have we not? <laughs> okay, let's go back to the whole granddaughter thing. Okay, so when she leaves the show, <laughs> she goes and you know she goes to be this, with this guy, right? And so they're gonna, get, you know, they probably eventually get married and everything. Why don't we ever go back and visit her? Why does it? He says he's going to. He never does. The story's over. Go back in time and go spy on his granddaughter. <laughs> well, we never see. We do see her again later on in one of those. You know. I do have an explanation um, for that, by the way. One There's, of those other episodes, but... The Sarah Jane Adventures? Mm-hmm. In the Sarah no, Jane Adventures, see, he admits... Shows- uh, not to interrupt you, but in the Sarah Jane Adventures, he admitted that he says going back is not easy. He can't do it's it. It's painful yeah. for him. And he only... He does view them. He does see them, but he without them knowing it. I, I, I recall that. Tom Baker once saying, you know, like, that's not how time time travel works. Mm-hmm. You know, we just can't Here's go back and... One. Here's an- um, his daughter. <laughs> his daughter. Oh yes. They got married. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> they got married. You're hilarious. Well, they did. Off, off, uh, yeah, uh, Davidson. Uh, uh, Davidson. Davidson had married yeah, Judge yeah, right. It's so crazy. And now he's related that. to the Fifth Doctor. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so all the problem solved. Uh, may, may I? May I bring one? Yeah. One a very timey wimey thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> The uh, the uh, um, uh, the museum uh, courier no what do they call those where Tom Baker shows up oh the curator the, the curator yes. the curator oh if I oh, were yes, you if I were the curator or you I'm me. the curator <laughs> yes. oh what I mean is that supposed to be the doctor <laughs> just that, what just yeah, what <laughs> so basically the way it's understood is that the curator is a future version of, of the, doctor. the doctor okay okay yeah. that he can revisit old faces which is why the Capaldi story makes sense because Capaldi uses that face to remind him and being yeah. the president as well yes. that he can remind himself of lives and things that he affects mm. mm-hmm. so if he feels that that curator face was one of the most wonderful times in his life that at that point he's such an old time lord now that he can do it mm-hmm. so that one's a little bit more explained yeah you know? because from what i from what it's i understand i never watched the earlier i never watched the earlier Quite episodes quote, but quote. i know there was a, a a female time lord that she could change into romana into who romana. she wanted to look like yeah but she's a girl that's so she I had the saying. choice that was, that's what i was <laughs> That was what I was just talking about, Wanda. That's yes, what I was just exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, we're, we're, we're there. We're there. Uh, Dan, any, yeah. any, any, any hanging plot threads or or things where you say that would be an interesting? Which, why we, that's um, a, there's a story there to be told, or there's something. Oops. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, she. Did you want to say something, Marty? Did you want to say something? Um. No. What I was going to say was what's funny is that a lot of those times that we see those things happen where they say oh well i can revisit a face when they started with with that's what that started back with like with romana is because they were just changing the character because that woman didn't want to play her anymore or something (laughs) like that and so then they used the other girl who was you know in the episode and she became romana too Mm -hmm. 
It's like convenient. <laughs> well, it's because fiction. Well, so Tom Baker things. liked her very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my, my big uh, thread is something that they've been trying to explain and they're having a hard time doing it is the doctor's age. Now, we all know the doctor lies, mm-hmm. okay? And that's an obvious answer is that the doctor is probably a lot older than he says he is, mostly because, uh, uh, what do you call it? He simply needs to work through where he's been, what he's doing. I'm sure he doesn't know when his birthday is. He has no idea. Uh, but, you know, when we left the older series, he left it at being um, 953. Mm-hmm. As, as over, uh, we're assuming he's a little older, 957. Uh, so he's 957 years old when Sylvester McCoy is done. But yet when uh, Eccleston gets on, he says he's been traveling in his phone box for 700 years and he's 900 years old. And then Tenet outright says he's 903 years old. So we're confused by this answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, and then also there being another personality in between of William Hurt, he now is discounted another 200 John years. Hurt. In John, Hurt. The, John, John Excuse Hurt. me, John Hurt. My apologies. My apologies. So we're lost. We're a little lost in between here. Now, there was an interesting story, I believe, on the radio dramas by... Um, Paul McGann. Paul McGann, who said that he was actually three years old because he, was a, he felt like a new man. <laughs> uh, so they're saying that if we were to go forward from that time frame, it would then make sense. So it's very inconsistent because uh, now <laughs> Capaldi or, or Whitaker is supposed to be well over, you know, thousands. Well, billions in, in regards to yes. her mind, but her body is about 2,500 years old now. But she's now acting like she doesn't know anything. So, you know. <laughs> or even the fact that, okay, so Time Lords, they, what is it? They have a 12. Regeneration, regeneration cycle, cycle. Mm-hmm. and his was renewed. His was renewed because, well, the battle at circumstances, the, ta- the town called Christmas. Yes, yes. Yeah. right. So, um, it's called. It's 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 all made up. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the age is the biggest. The biggest for you is you think it's huge. Sort of, mm-hmm. You know, if they were going to start it, they should start them at eleven hundred, because then it gives them gray matter to play in, and uh, take it from there. And uh, he ended up aging <laughs> past that. And admitting outright that he was 1,100 at one point and that he was 1,200. Are you using the sink? I hope it's not the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) She's using her time machine. Sounds like a toilet. Yes. Do you you have any closing points? Or do um, I I, I do? do, There is this particular that I I do want to end this. Yeah, please, please, please. please. Um, So we have Jodie Whittaker. We won't see her come back for close to another year. Um, but moving on bef- beyond her, um, going on 14th, 15th, and so on, is there anything particular that we are hoping on how Doctor Who will be moving toward? Like, uh, um, uh, 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 do we have... Because Jodie Whittaker uh, being the 13th Doctor, that that was, of course, by you know no accident. I mean, everyone kept saying... Yeah, you know, I'm hoping a, a Black Britain would take it take it up. Idris are you saying, Elba. Are basically, you're saying where where do you want to see this? Franchise where do you want go? to see this franchise go? Hmm. Well, uh, the first thing I do want to say is that when people start using race or gender or creed as a means to cast someone, that's when I'm going to tune out. Mm. Because Whitaker should have been chosen, which I would hope is because she's the most talented actress to play the character. Um, when I hear that being a proponent, then you're going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And honestly, with the episodes, they are going in the wrong direction. Um, if yeah, they, if they get back, if they get back to that sense of wonder, mm-hmm. uh, I may continue. But at this point, I'm not that excited. 
and uh, you, you, you're, I'm not the only one, you know? And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are making it more of an agenda, uh, which is not fair. Oh, hang on a sec. Hey, Ma. Yeah. It's got, it's yeah, a whatever lot of, you're doing, we got feedback on yeah, your we, end. Yeah, we got... <laughs> yeah. Oh, stay still. Yeah. <laughs> Stop moving around. Yeah, you can't move around that much. Um, okay, but, is that better? Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, uh, Doctor Who is always about that escapism and that sense of wonder and occasionally having a heavier episode. And if you continue to make them all heavy, I, I've had a hard time watching it. And that's very... Even for me, a diehard mm-hmm. fan who's watched it mm-hmm. years and years and years. And I want to give her a chance. I really do. But I can't if I continue to watch stuff like this. Do you uh, are you also into any of the books as well? Not really. Unfortunately, you know, my schedule being what it is, Mm. I'm lucky to catch what I can catch. And that's why I love Netflix. And that's why I love all the things that I'm I'm doing. Uh, We've got somebody grabbing my screwdriver. (laughs) (laughs) He's uh, he's kind of a. a reincarnation of the master. He's just running around. <laughs> He's in the form of a little nine-year-old Chinese boy. Uh, that's, that's what I like to see cast next. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'd like to get... I used to read the magazine. I used to read some of the short stories. I read some of the comics in the past. But time restraint. So I try to catch the show when I can. And that's why Netflix and all these mm. streaming services have been great because it allows you to catch up on shows. That's why I've been watching Supernatural pretty religiously because it's, oh, okay. you know, it gives me the ability to actually watch the story and flow through it and see how mm. they've evolved as characters. So, yeah, I don't like to interrupt if I can. Mm. Uh, Wanda. Um. Um, I want to see, I want to see him as a ginger. No. <laughs> right? No, right? I, I just, uh, I think of Matt Smith as like when teeth. he first, I've got yeah. teeth, i got a nose, am I ginger? Am I ginger? Am I finally ginger? Um, and now I, I, I just, I, I go with the flow with Doctor, with Doctor Who, you know, it's like, I want to see, you know, just where they take me. Um, I don't want to think too hard on, you know, what is going to happen next. I really, I really hope that they get away from the political you know, and trying to make it, you know, it's like politically correct, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like whether it's a female or, you know, the the race thing, you know, but um, but I, I think I'll, I'll stick with Doctor Who for as long as I can. I really I'm trying really hard right now. <laughs> Ed, you, you, where, where would you? All like right. To so um, if going back five years before um before Idris Elba's, you know, Idris Elba's, his career's kind of blew up in the past, right. in the past uh, five years or so. But going back, I would have been like, yeah, it's time to to cast a guy like him because he's he is who he is. But nowadays, I can't, like I go, I can't see anyone but Jodie Whittaker as a doctor. Granted, even though the stories have been kind of lacking. Um, I am all for switching up the appearance of the doctor you know whether it's in the form of uh, a child um because we haven't seen he's always been i got matt smith well yeah mm-hmm. matt smith be, he was 26 yeah yeah i know he was the I, youngest yeah. yes um i say i say i say because i feel that doctor <laughs> who can push um can push in terms of the the, the character i mean you can really the, the, there is i feel that there is no glass ceiling and um why not switch it up why not uh, yeah. I mean, we've seen We've seen teenage uh, 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 um, children, time lords. You know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe at some point uh, that would be the, the uh, to cast a thousand year old, a precocious child <laughs> might be might doctor. be an option. Well, I don't know. I will tell you this: though. Did you ever see the show um, Voyagers? Yes. Yes. yes, yes, of course. Luke mm-hmm. Hexam and, and the boy, which mm-hmm. unfortunately I forgot his name, but uh, and that was approached. You know, and unless you have that, I hate to say it, sort of an adult 
feeling with it, I mm-hmm. guess, it wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm open-minded to it too, but I think a child is a little far-fetched at that point. <laughs> you know, he has to grow into something. I mean, she has it also depends on the performer yeah. in general. Yeah. It's um, asking a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. like got, if you say like Millie Bobby Brown, that's what I was just about to say. Like, you, 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 know. you, you get a, a teenager like a Millie Bobby Brown in there, or or some of the other kids on Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then we're talking about a talent who can you know deliver. But <laughs> you're absolutely right. But it we is, don't know if that would be a good doctor choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The doctor requires a very eclectic. Mm-hmm. Very That's spacious. Nice. You have to look like you have the wisdom of the ages. Because let's give Matt Smith a little credit here. <laughs> Matt Smith started off where he looked really goofy and really silly. Mm-hmm. And then he has that moment where he stops, he focuses in, and suddenly there it is. Yeah, you see the doctor. Yeah. Uh, if you don't see it, you're not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the thing yes. with a child actor. Not to, not to get anything against child actors. I really need to see it for me mm-hmm. to want to continue. Mani, did you want to... Posata, Maria. Um, yes. Where do you see? Uh, where do you see it going? Or where do you want like to see it going? I'd like to see more of that story arc. More of that, where it's like from one episode to another, something little gets revealed. You know that you that it leaves you in that suspense. It's like, oh man, I wonder what's going to happen next. Because that's we haven't seen that right now. It's just you know those besides those two episodes that this last one and with the first one that little story. But I didn't care about that villain that much. Um, and I want a villain that I care about, you know, that I want to hate. That you want to hate. And <laughs> yeah, you know, you want to feel I, I like for I like there to be to grab my my emotion to, to make me feel something. And I feel the doctor, she makes me feel something like she's she's. Because, yeah, you can see it in her eyes. Like, it, it says everything in her eyes of, like, the past and stuff like that. But a lot of stuff hasn't been brought up or, you know, things haven't really been. It's too superficial so far. Yeah, it hasn't really been. Like, she doesn't delve too much into her past. She makes comment of it, but it's yes, not, like, that's what where you're really grasping. Oh, yeah, she's reflecting on that right now. Yeah. And stuff like that. Maybe in the beginning when she talks about not having family and stuff like that. But. Um, or she had family and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see it go deeper. Yeah. Uh, if you'll indulge me just for... And I'll stay with it though, because I still love the show. Hmm? If you'll indulge me, um, uh, Clark, who hasn't had an opportunity to speak, um, my son, he's, his experience through with Doctor Who has been not just because I watch it. Um, generally speaking, it's just difficult for any child to sit through, uh, um, 40 minutes of anything <laughs> or or half an hour of anything but he's been watching a lot of things on youtube um and and the the uh the intros or the expositions on who who's what is doctor who who is the doctor who's this character and he's had an opportunity to absorb a lot of um a lot of what 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 has been created so um clark who is your favorite doctor why do you like why do you like that doctor? Can, can you can you say? Can you say a few a few words? Who is your favorite doctor? Go ahead. My my favorite doctor is the second doctor because his ge- regeneration is funny and <laughs> I like his sonic screwdriver. 
Nice. Wait, but but the second Doctor didn't have a sonic screwdriver. Yes, he did. I think he's talking about David Tennant then. Oh, wait. Because his second Doctor would be from... Oh, he's talking about Patrick Trott. He is? Yeah. He has a flute. He's got a flute. That that is out of order. You mean the light pen? The light pen. It's not the flute. The flute actually is a selling point for him. It's a sonic screwdriver. Every kid's going to learn it. And Clark, what was about? Clark knows what he's talking about. And Clark, what was about the what was about the the regeneration of the second doctor that you liked? Um, he got dizzy and made a bunch of funny faces, right? What? What? Can you make that sound? Stop. Ooh, stop! <laughs> You're making me dizzy. No, you can't do this to me. No. I didn't know no, we had the no, second doctor oh, in studio. No, 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 no. So All right, thank you very much for that performance. Yeah. Lovely performance. Um, we'll get you a fur coat later on, kid. <laughs> and a yeti. Guys. Everybody, I have to leave. And right. whenever you come up, please come on the show. Yeah, in pure physical form. <laughs> <laughs> and as you, not as a regenerated Chinaman or something like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Because we did Marisol. make that pack, like you know, when I'm in my co- coffin. You're gonna put on my clothes and just come out and go. Okay, here's where it gets weird. We made that pact. We made that pact. We did make that pact. It's okay. happening. Bye, Marisol. Uh, right. nice Thank you very I love much. You. Bye. So, uh, wrapping up here, uh, basically is uh, I. I would just like to say that. Uh, I have for what I would like to see the show go to is very specific in terms of creators. And I know it'll never happen. But dear God, <laughs> I really wish that they had tapped Neil Gaiman to run the show. The Doctor's Wife. I, the Doctor's Wife is just one of my absolute favorite episodes mm. because it felt to me like a comic book come to life. It had, it had a... Alan Moore at his best in the early to mid 80s quality to it. And it also was obviously done by someone who the love for the character and the lore was in that episode. You know, he didn't want it though, right? Yeah, you know, he didn't. He I, Yeah, he didn't want it. He likes <laughs> writing the episodes and actually he wanted to do an episode and they refused him. They really? wanted only new writers. Wow. Mm. Which, oh, really? Did you recognize any of the writers? They're all new, and I hate to say it, they all have political backgrounds. So, unfortunately, they're not sci-fi writers, and um, that's that's where they're mm. failing. They mm-hmm. need to bring in, that's why I said have one familiar writer at least, yeah, yeah. or get uh, Graham Harper to direct one or something. Just get something where you get it feeling like Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. You know, you go so far. I mean, look, John Nathan Turner made the same mistake also. When he first took over, uh, they refused to use regular writers. In fact, they, they the only time they got Terrence Dix back was on The Five Doctors. Uh, but a lot of times they were looking to try untested, untru- unproven people, which is fine as long as they are guided by the people who know the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. See, I, I, that's such a shame because I, I, I would thought that gaming on name recognition alone would have been able that that to me would bring out that brand. It yeah. feels it, it's it's one of those things. It's like it's like hey, we're going down to the we're going I'm going down to play a pickup game at the you know a basketball in the park. And um, my buddy knows Michael Jordan. You want to, there are, you want to bring him around? And it's are, like you know, like uh, always things behind the mm-hmm. scenes that we don't know are mm-hmm. happening. And mm-hmm. uh, it's 
politics of the show, politics of what's happening at the BBC, politics of everything. And, um, you know, and it's a property that belongs to the government. I right. Mean, and the people sense. pay them as a service yeah. and they handle the money as they see fit and uh, so on and so forth. I mean, not to say that there aren't other, you know, fan driven shows that also do the same thing or lose their way. Like, like look at Heroes. Started off so strong, uh, yes. and went right down the toilet. Don't don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> Tim, uh, what 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 what? Uh, see, for me, for me, the one is is the the X Files. That's that's a uh, well. They just lost David Duchovny. That's so. that's uh-huh. there's uh, no Chris. As I will quote my mother, Chris Carter deserves to be tarred and feathered in the streets. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> he. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but uh, that's sh- that's a show where I will go. Love all the standalones, uh, but uh, the mythology of what it was supposed to be about is indecipherable. <laughs> but um, wrapping up the show in general here, uh, thank you, thank you both for being here, our, our two guests, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Wanda and Dan. Uh, uh, the sh- uh, who is something we wanted to cover on the show? Um, it's something that people. Uh, it has a wide and very passionate fan base. Mm-hmm. It's one of the oldest. Yeah, Fra- you know, sci-fi franchise. It's actually, it actually is the oldest. Yeah, you know, is. predates predates, <laughs> predates yeah. Star Trek. By predates year. Star Trek. Yeah. Um, and you know, crosses generations and continents and continents <laughs> and countries. You know, mm-hmm. it's an international flavor. It's not something that just you know, oh, here's something from Hollywood. Here's something from America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is different, I think. Than like I said, it's not. Look, I love Star Wars. I love Battlestar Galactica. I love the Buck Rogers in the twenty fourth century, but twenty uh, fifth century. But let's be honest: there's a lot of things where you can significantly say, "Ah, okay, spaceships, laser guns." Da, 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 da. Here's something that is it's 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 very different. It's it's almost literary in a lot of ways, and it's understandable why it has the passionate fans that are so into every aspect of it that are take ownership of it to a certain degree because it means so much to them. Uh, and we wanted to have that kind of show. Uh, Ed had been, you know, campaigning for a while. So uh, thank you, Ed, for, for bringing this. Well, and thank you for around. indulging and, me on uh, this. Uh, we needed at least one Doctor Who show yes. uh, on the list, at least, to <laughs> check off. <laughs> So yeah, you because, have anything uh, final? Anything to close out, Ed? Yeah, I wonder when we're. Did we ever get to do that uh, that uh, Farscape episode yet? <laughs> we're working on it. I'm working on it. All right. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, for those of you listeners out there, um, Merry Christmas. You yes. know the the happy the, the seasons is coming. Happy holidays. Happy um, uh, happy Hanukkah. Um, happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> Festivus. Festivus. For the rest of us. <laughs> Winter solstice. Yeah. Um, but uh, until next time. Happy life day. Happy life day. <laughs> um, but until next time. To be continued. Hey guys, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.